Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to Bitch, you got coronavirus. main hospital today, the butcher's bill of some of the dead and nearly 200 injured was posted outside. Coffins arrived in a steady stream. That was four days ago, five days ago. The Taliban now has access to over $85 billion worth of American military equipment. Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than 85% of the countries in the world. That was four days ago, five days ago. Here's what you need to know. America will not be intimidated. These ISIS terrorists will not win. We will respond with force and precision at our time. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I doubt it. You are fake news. You suck, you jackass. Very fake news. I agree with that. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. Get out from America, okay? All right. America... Go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask just about anyone, anyone, anybody about that. You know, I flub my own intros. Who cares? People often do. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. I'm told you uh, have a severe illness. Is that well, correct? Well, I'm really sick. I have hand, foot, and mouth disease from my disgusting child. And I swear, I have never felt worse in my life. I, I just feel like absolute garbage. So not this might be a rough show. Obligatory dad joke, but not foot in mouth disease? Foot no. and mouth. I never get foot and mouth disease. Never. It's never happened. Not like me with that intro there. Anyway, uh, (laughs) for each of the last three weeks, the question of the night has been, wow, is this rock bottom for Joe Biden? And then each subsequent week shows it was not. There are much deeper deaths yet to come. Uh, Was this week actually rock bottom for Joe or will the trend of deeper depths continue? An alleged ISIS K suicide bomber kills Dozens, including 13 U.S. troops outside the Kabul airport Thursday. We will catch up with all the weekend's developments since, plus the reaction to that total disaster. Ashley Babbage shooter, uh, Capitol Police Officer Michael Byrd, reveals himself. He was not identified by Capitol Police. He was not identified by the Justice Department or any, uh, any government agency. He revealed himself voluntarily with a long interview with Lester Holt on NBC. Oh, so long. God, 
I have more questions after watching it than I did going into it. It was uh, it was an odd interview. We'll go through some of the highlights. Uh, meanwhile, coronavirus propaganda continues with a repeated media claim this week of 900 people dead in a day in Florida. Um, if that sounds like bullshit, that's because it is. But they went with it. Um, and, and of course, we have uh, creeping Corona tyranny, as always, including a mom in Chicago who says that she lost custody or visitation rights for her child because she's unvaccinated. We'll catch up with that story. Mm -hmm. Plus, we have a hoax hate involving racist mistreatment of a doll by high schoolers in California. And uh, that dog muzzle lady from Tennessee Uh. is back. She wants another investigation. The first one that concluded, (sighs) yeah, bitch, you bought it yourself with your own credit card. That's not sufficient. She wants a different police force to investigate. Oh, give it up. Yeah. Uh, Yet more tax dollars devoted to this lady's insanity who was fired from her taxpayer funded job previously. So, you know, anyway, uh, tonight's movie review before we get out of here too, is Goodfellas finally. And, um, I don't like to spoil, but I, I, I enjoyed, it was a good movie. So I'm excited to talk about it. I've decided that I'm not going to read your review before we talk about it. Oh, well, that'll be interesting going forward too, because well, we'll get into it later, but obviously, Starting next week, we're going to be going into audience nominations. Right. Maybe which, I will then, though. I, I just don't want to be influenced by what you think about the movie. Right. We definitely know? should not influence each other. Yeah. Yeah. We got to we got to keep our thoughts to ourselves. But uh, we'll we'll get to that planning at the end of the show. And we'll check in with Super Chats on YouTube, Tippy Stream, Trovo and DLive in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good. Lowdown money grabbers, of course. We'll take as many as we can until 11.30 p.m. Eastern, so get them in early if you'd like them read, please, and thank you. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristiansonmedia.com. And don't forget, the show store is up and running. Uh, we have T-shirts, we have mugs, we have hats, we have it all. Plus, we have special deals from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at Sonoran Defense Technologies. If you've listened to the show for a little while, you know that Sonoran Defense does the absolute best custom Glock work around their laser stippling. Not only makes for an eye-catcher at the range, but the grip feels incredible in your hand, too. Their laser work is totally customizable. So whether you'd like to uh, build a new eye catcher to take to the range or spruce up a Glock that's been sitting in your safe for a little while, Sonoran can shine it up nicely for you. Sonoran also does custom graphic laser work on AR and AK magazines as well, from highly detailed artistry to whatever your favorite meme of the day is. But these days with the gun and the ammo market the way that they are, uh, you might like to know that Sonoran's custom laser work isn't just for Glocks or guns. They can laser engrave all sorts of items, from knives to drinkware and more. They even laser engraved this show's artwork onto the very PC that I use to stream the show. So whatever your custom laser engraving needs may be, check out our friends at Sonoran Defense at SonoranDefense.com. Plus follow them on Instagram at Sonoran Defense for secret designs you will not find anywhere else. 
Sonoran offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products and services using promo code G's. That's J-E-E-Z for 10% off with Sonoran Defense. You can find everything you need from Sonoran Defense, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. At mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals for listeners, by listeners, couple of uh, housekeeping items before we get into the news. Uh, last week, and maybe uh, on some other occasions, I missed a bunch of Trovo chats. Really? How'd that uh, happen? Trovo's system is very confusing. There's mm-hmm. magical spells that are cast, and there's their Why own... Why do they do all this shit? It's like, Don't even get me give started. Give us the basics. <laughs> Don't even get me started. i rumble more and more each day. Why do you make me use a magical system for currency exchange? You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not taking a shot at anybody who likes to watch the show on Trovo. And of course, we appreciate your support over there. It has proven itself to be somewhat of a difficult system to work with at times. So I missed a bunch of chats last Sunday. Um, I believe that that issue is corrected now. And I do have a backup system in place. So if you are a, a person who prefers to watch and chat on Trovo, I hope you can do that with confidence. In fact, you can. Uh, not just that I hope you can do that. And um, as always, if there are any chat reading issues on Trovo or anywhere else, uh, we do apologize for the ones that we miss. And if you are missed and you would like a refund, simply send me an email uh, through my website and I will get that taken care of for you. Apologize to our Trovo community, uh, but thanks for your patience. And as we mentioned last week, the show is running on Rumble now. Seems to be working well. Um, I did investigate their chat functions and it's still going to be the Wild West. There's no... This is on Rumble, man. There's no moderation capability, so you can type in caps all you want over on Rumble. Don't tell people that. Don't tell. They're gonna figure they're no, it out. They're no moderate, or, or no uh, nobody can monitor anything. I I can't even do it. So the tools don't okay. even exist. Um, but Rumble does tell me that Super Chat has just been rolled out, and I have not had an opportunity to sit down and familiarize myself with that system yet. So. As far as I'm aware, you can use Super Chat on Rumble. If you decide to do that for the time being, just be advised. I don't have a a way to read them right now. So if you'd like to support the show that way, go ahead. Absolutely. We appreciate it. I just I can't read them just yet. Working on it. If you if you're watching on Rumble and you would like your chats read, tippy stream link in the description. We'll handle them that way. And I will continue working with uh, the Rumble people to figure out the Rumble tools and we will uh, continue on what looks like is a growing community over there. So that's that's very exciting. Into the news. Uh, hey, there's a hurricane that is uh, coming ashore as we speak. Uh, Louisiana, specifically Hurricane Ida, has brought a storm surge of over eight feet to certain parts of Louisiana's coast. There is a flash flood warning for New Orleans, in effect, as well as other parts of the state. Uh, it was forecasted. Uh, that this storm would be of Katrina proportions. I'm no meteorologist, but if I'm understanding some of the most recent uh, information coming out right now, that likely will not be the case. So that doesn't mean there won't be significant damage. But the storm has been downgraded from Category 4 to Category 3. Um, 15,000 people are in shelters as of this hour. Tens of thousands are without power. Obviously, no knowledge of property damage yet or human damage. But... Uh, shout out to our Louisiana listeners and any of our friends in the Gulf Coast region. I don't have much more information than that, but that's what's do going they think, on tonight. Do you think that they made it sound worse than it actually was to deflect from the Afghanistan situation? <laughs> can, we, can we exaggerate a hurricane to get ourselves out of what's happening over there? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, 
it's been a week, not just a week, it's been months of absolutely bizarre political strategy. We're teamed up with the Taliban now. We're hiding Kamala because she's our most appealing political option. And this is, there's just silliness all around. So exaggerating a hurricane to cover your ass politically, I wouldn't doubt it. I could see that happening for sure. At least it happened in Louisiana. Have you ever been to Louisiana? Not to my knowledge. Mississippi, yes. Not Louisiana. It's like maybe the worst state. (laughs) As I said, shout out to our listeners in Louisiana. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, you guys have a hurricane. I shouldn't talk about how your state is. (laughs) Anyway, uh, no, I hope you guys are doing well. And uh, everybody in that region, uh, hope you stay safe. All right. Um, Once again, for the for the second time in about two months, the Supreme Court has struck down. This time, super seriously. Last time, it was just kind of implied. This time, no, seriously, guys, we're really serious about it. Uh, that CDC eviction ban uh, is unconstitutional slash illegal. It's gone. You can't do it. Recall last fall, the CDC had cited some unrelated decades old federal law about fumigating infected buildings to say that they have the sweeping authority to declare every housing contract in the country <laughs> maybe not null and void, but suspended in its enforcement so that you can't evict people from your property, at least for failure to pay. So you had tenants for months and months and months who are getting Corona checks from the government, but under no obligation to forward that Corona check to their landlord, buying all sorts of fun things instead, not paying the landlord. And there's not really uh, uh, at least consistently flowing or stable relief for landlords. Just an absolute mess in practical terms. In constitutional terms, what sort of sense did this make that some D.C. bureaucracy, unelected bureaucrats, had the sweeping authority to make this declaration? It's debatable if Congress even had the authority to do this by passing a law. That's what the Supreme Court had said. Well, Congress, you need to pass a law, otherwise it's unconstitutional. I'm not sure it's even constitutional if Congress did it. But we'll never get there because they don't do anything. Anyway, they struck it down again, super seriously this time, six to three, with the liberals dissenting. Justice Breyer wrote a dissenting opinion citing the rise in Delta variant cases and how unwise this policy is, as though it's the Supreme Court's job to decide the wisdom of policy and not whether it's square with the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, that's it. Anyway, recall back in June. Why, why are we doing this again? Because Joe Biden had said, I don't care what the Supreme Court says or or about the Constitution. Remember, we put this guy in to avoid authoritarianism and restore respect for the rule of law. He openly comes out and says, I have no respect for the rule of law. I'm doing this anyway. And so the Supreme Court had to take it up again, in part because of the court's cowardice in striking it down more firmly or what they should have done in striking it down more firmly in June. All of that means that, as far as I understand, evictions can proceed once again. Prior to this, the the CDC was threatening like $100,000 fines and imprisonment for landlords who tried to boot their deadbeat That's outrageous. Why do people think the landlords are these, you know, big wigs and yachts and stuff? They're just small business owners usually. I can't believe the chatter on leftist Twitter about how landlords are leeches and they just siphon off other people. Yeah, except for they provide you with your housing. Other than that, they're leeches. They provide you with the shelter over your head. But other than that, they're just parasites. My God. That's so stupid. Most landlords care about their tenants' well-being and they fix things for their tenants and they want them to have a good quality of life. 
Yeah. It's outrageous. There are a lot of uh, horror stories out there about what had uh, there was a particularly good episode I listened to on Megan Kelly's podcast with some I did whatever you think of Megan Kelly. This is about the uh, the tenants in the Spokane area who had their house basically turned into an armed drug house under the control of people they didn't even know that their tenant had passed off basically. Um, so th- there's a lot of incredible nightmare stories that we've allowed to continue with no mm-hmm. legal uh, authority whatsoever. And in mm-hmm. one quick update about um, one quick t- update about a related story. Uh, remember Biden's move to perpetuate this eviction moratorium stuff was prompted in part by political pressure from Congresswoman Cori Bush of St. Louis and some others, including uh, CNN profiling the supposed story of Dasha Kelly. We talked about her. She's a woman who claimed to be a mother of three facing eviction in Las Vegas. Right, and it turned but they were out, not her kids. That's right. Yeah. It, it turns out the kids were her boyfriend's kids with another woman. And that woman is she has custody of those kids. Hmm. So but Dasha used them as props on CNN to raise money fraudulently to the tune of a quarter million dollars, roughly. Oh, God. And then GoFundMe said, well, uh, we're going to put this money on hold while we investigate. They wouldn't you know, just ban that whole account and refund the money like they do if you have political beliefs slightly right of center. <laughs> well, now it's reported that a Las Vegas judge has blocked Kelly from receiving any of the funds. This is pursuant to a lawsuit from the real mother of the children. Incredibly, the real mom offered to split the money four ways with Dasha Kelly. She said, the three kids each keep a quarter of the money and you fraudster Dasha Kelly, you keep a quarter of the money, even though you lied. And she turned it down. Dasha Kelly and her lawyer turned down what should be a sum like $75,000 for doing nothing. She turned it down. Presumably she believes she's entitled to the money. That's insane. Yeah. I don't don't know. Settlement. I don't see commentary from Dasha Kelly or her lawyer in this story. So I'll have to Jen Saki oh circle back to find out what her reasoning is. <clears throat> anyway, speaking of Jen, her boss, Joe is uh, recovering. Well, I shouldn't say he's recovering. There are a lot. There are people, uh, a lot more important people who are recovering from the last week. Some of whom will never recover because they were killed in a suicide bombing. Uh, at the Kabul airport. So Joe's recovery is, is really irrelevant, but um, (sighs) we'll get to Joe's antics in a minute. As far as what's going on with the evacuations from Kabul's airport in Afghanistan, generally it's reported that they were winding down Saturday, yesterday, Um, Britain's evacuation flights officially ended yesterday, Saturday, and they're now bringing their remaining troops home. France has also ended their evacuation flights. The total number as of Saturday is 111,900 total evacuated. Jeez. Are these people going to come to the United States? Are we going to have more Omar Mateens? He was Afghani, right? I th- I don't remember. I can't. He might have been. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was an ISIS sympathizer from Afghanistan. He might have been. Uh, the only thing I remember about him, the only minor detail I remember most about him, aside from his Pulse nightclub shooting, is his dad on the stage with Hillary Clinton. Because they said, hey, brown guy, we need more diversity up here. Yeah, Ooh. that was a classic moment. Uh, okay, so yeah, as far as where they're going, yeah, we don't know. And I'll get to that in a minute. But there are hundreds of thousands of Afghans uh 
who are thought to still be trying to flee the country. The State Department says about 350 American citizens remain in Afghanistan who want to leave. This was as of Friday. How many Americans remain in Afghanistan and don't want to leave? Kind of a mystery number, but they're going with 350 for American citizens who want to leave. All signs point to uh, Biden planning to do the same uh, as the British and the French and stick by Tuesday's August 31st deadline, acknowledging that many who want to leave may not be able to leave. During uh, the week, of course, the Taliban had threatened consequences for not meeting the deadline. Uh, Richard Grinnell, former ambassador, uh, Richard Grinnell tweeted this out. I'm not I'm not sure how reliable or accurate this is, but he 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 said this morning that the Taliban have offered Joe a deal to extend the deadline, unfreeze their money and get an extension. There's no indication that um, Joe intends to take that deal. But uh, as some of the comments say. Joe has offered some of uh, something wor- worth more than uh, huge uh, bags of cash, and that's Hunter's paintings. He's offering to turn over several <laughs> rare Hunter paintings to extend the deadline. Oh, I'd love to see what the Taliban does with those. Those are riches uh, well beyond any Afghan's wildest imagination. It'll be like, you know, there'll be an actual Aladdin style palaces once they're <laughs> Anyway, uh, another. Th- uh, Another story that was reported this week by the Daily Mail, we were wondering um, how long it would be until you basically had uh, military members acting on their own behalf or potentially veterans acting on their own behalf. There's this whole uh, operate. It was called Operation Pineapple Express or the Pineapple Express. You had U.S. Special Forces veterans going to Afghanistan to privately or on their own behalf, rescue Afghan allies. A group of retired American Green Berets and SEALs went to Afghanistan themselves to escort Afghan allies to the airport. They called the system the Pineapple Express because they used the password pineapple to get through gates at the airport and get on planes. Apparently hundreds, I saw 600 or so Afghan allies were extracted this way, but you have uh, former military members just acting on their own behalf and apparently moving people with greater efficiency than the, it's not a shot at our actual military, but our military as guided by Biden and his military leadership. Oh, it's terrible. I know we're going to talk about this in a bit, but I know junior enlisted, um, they, they have the most risk, but the pictures of the people that were killed actually shocked me. They're just baby phases across the board. Yeah. It's um, terrible. A lot of, there was, uh, the pictures that really got me over the weekend, several, um, restaurants, there were some places in town that set up 13 dinner placements with beers uh, around the table. Jack Posobiec was observing this, too. A lot of the guys killed weren't even old enough to legally sit down at that table and drink that beer. Yep. Just the image was heartbreaking. But when you realize, like, they, if they were here, they can't even do that. And one of them had a baby due in three weeks. I know. I know. And you think of the rage of that family. In fact... We have some of the rage of that family, which we will hear from uh, momentarily. So, okay, uh, you wonder um, with hundreds of thousands of people coming out, who who are all of these people? Um, well, according to accounting from the Pentagon, only about 5% of those extracted are American citizens. As of Wednesday, only 4,400 Americans had left Afghanistan. The latest numbers I heard from Antony Blinken today are like 5,500 Americans as of this weekend. 
That's according to the Pentagon and the State Department themselves. And that means the vast majority of those extracted are Afghan refugees. Oh, no. Uh, And of course, the numbers could rise after uh, Tuesday's deadline. The U.N. says they expect up to half a million Afghans fleeing the country by year's end. So it's not totally clear where exactly these people are going. The UK has agreed to accept 20,000 Afghan refugees over the long term. Biden has authorized $500 million for, quote, unexpected urgent refugee and migration needs of refugees. But the U.S. has not announced exactly how many refugees it will allow. And Canada has said it will allow 20,000 Afghan refugees. Thanks, Canada. So a lot of those questions, Saudi Arabia or any number of countries. Well, in this reporting from the BBC, it sounds like um, border countries like Iran and Pakistan are willing to take some people. But it's as far as what numbers are going where it's all up in the air. As far as I can tell, there's not a clear plan going on here. So uh, we shall see. And ironically, I was reading in this report that the EU is not super enthusiastic about it because, you know, the 2015 migrant crisis, they're not looking for a repeat. So, (laughs) yeah, they're still dealing with all the migrants that are there now. Wouldn't it be ironic if the UK goes through Brexit and ends up taking more Afghan refugees than the EU? Oh, my God. Is that going to happen? Could happen. Definitely. could. They've already committed to more than the EU. So we shall see. Now, as far as the attacks um, and the threats of attack and the thwarted attacks from over the weekend, allegedly thwarted at least, um, our military commanders say they have or had intel that another Kabul airport attack was highly likely over the weekend, though so far that does not appear to have happened. Um, Biden has uh called some drone called for some drone strikes or implemented some drone strikes a couple of them on sunday a u.s drone strike blew up a vehicle claimed to be carrying quote multiple suicide bombers from uh from isis k headed to the airport this was as originally reported witnesses say the drone strike targeted two cars parked in a residential building near the airport they said the strike also killed and wounded several civilians. And the strike was uh, was originally reported as a rocket attack in a building near the airport, but that was not a rocket attack. It was, in fact, this drone strike. And now that m- a little more information is coming out within the last few hours, the claim of a car full of definite suicide bombers heading to the airport seems a little dicier. Just within the last few hours, um, the Independent and others are reporting that nine members of one family were killed in this strike, including six children, Ooh. according to a oh family family relative speaking with CNN. The Pentagon says they are assessing possibilities of civilian casualties, though they have no indications at this time other than this report, I suppose. Um, but it, I guess we're supposed to, if this report is correct, I guess we're supposed to believe it was an entire family of child suicide bombers. That sounds <laughs> unlikely. Then, then again, uh, you know, it's a strange timeline if we're, if they all had vests on, I don't know. ISIS K is very brutal. We're told. I wonder how much we can trust our intelligence. I mean, we just got all of the Afghans willing to tell us anything out of the country, presumably. Yeah. Yeah, well, but now we're friendly with the Taliban, though. We, whatever the Taliban tells us, we can count on. Modern and Taliban. They, yeah, I guess so. That drone was actually the second after th- uh, Thursday's suicide bombing. The first came the day prior on Friday. 
And this was uh, targeting unknown ISIS ISIS personnel east of Kabul, uh, apparently killing three. The Pentagon has not released specifics about the targets, but calls them ISIS, quote, planners and facilitators of possible future attacks. Here's some reporting on that. A U.S. drone strike killed two high-profile ISIS-K members and wounded one other, according to the Pentagon, two who described them as mistake. planners and facilitators of possible future attacks. But defense officials were tight-lipped on if these targets were involved in Thursday's attack at the Kabul airport and guarded about the strike's specific impact on ISIS-K capabilities. And we aren't thinking for a minute that what happened yesterday gets us in the clear. Uh, okay. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Obviously, they weren't involved in the attack, or they immediately would have told us. Yeah. That's um, like ISIS are... and the Taliban, they're just more maneuverable than we are. We have to go through layers of government bureaucracy to do a drone strike that kills a bunch of Afghan civilians. They're just go- they're just better at this stuff than we are. I suppose that is an embarrassing angle of it. I don't, and we don't know the facts. I don't know the facts. But let's say that this was mostly just killing a civilian family in Afghanistan. Yeah, great. A lot of that might just be CY. Like for all we know, in this one, again, who who were they? Don't know. Were they connected to the airport bombing? Don't know. The intel community <laughs> tells us they were ISIS guys planning a future attack. Maybe. However credible you may think that is. For all we know, it's just a goat herder in eastern Afghanistan who was yeah. killed so that we can cover our asses and say we got a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, to your point, <laughs> I guess I hadn't thought of that. If if we did just bomb an entire family of children, that's that's bad enough on its own. However, if we had to go through... Uh, a whole series of layers of government bureaucracy and red tape to do that. That's even more embarrassing, but yeah, they just get together with their guys and, and change their plan a little bit and they instantly are more successful and efficient than we are. And that's what we're dealing with. You know, if, if we continue to fight back, we're just going to become more deeply entrenched in Afghanistan. We're going to be exactly where, where we were. Well, the Taliban did condemn that first drone strike. They said it was a direct attack on their sovereign control of their country. So they're already pissed. Yeah. Like, why? Why? It's like, all right, let's let them have the last word. It's terrible that they killed 13 Marines. That's terrible. No, that wasn't the Taliban. That was ISIS-K. Def- <laughs> they're enemies and the Taliban. is our, They're our friends now. Right. Buddy Taliban. Gotta be specific. All right. Now, as yeah, far I as, mean, the suicide bombing, I, I couldn't even get, a you know, several days, four or five days ago, Um, I couldn't even get the exact number that were killed. And we're trusting Afghan health officials and the Taliban to tell us how many people were killed. We know 13 Americans. Um, The toll from the New York Times, uh, from 30 dead to more than 60, and from 120 wounded to 140. That's a giant margin. And that, that report we, or the report I used in the intro said up to 200. It's like, yeah. Just, uh, I don't know, just settle on dozens of dead Afghans. You can yeah. count on that. Uh, <laughs> as far as as far as the U.S. military um, that were killed in the attack or the, the U.S. military damage, human damage. Initially, I had seen two Army soldiers reported. Uh, the, the actual final toll, as reported here, is 11 Marines, one Navy corpsman and one Army soldier. Yeah. Um, but at least 20 were injured and extracted. As well, uh, many more had minor injuries that were treated on site. And so this morning, Joe Biden heads over to Dover Air Force Base to see the I think it was 11 of the bodies returning from Afghanistan. And the families of those killed watched the transfer 
uh, from a designated area opposite the president. Biden did not speak this morning, as far as I understand, but on Saturday he said these troops are heroes who made the ultimate sacrifice in support of our highest American ideals. Uh, And while saving the lives of others, town hall reporter and Marine Julio Rosas says he has heard from reliable sources that some of the families of those killed did not want Biden at the event. So, yeah. um, Before we get to a little bit more from the families, I did want to catch up with Joe Biden's speech just a little bit. How much of the speech did you catch? Uh, enough to cringe my pants off. It was a rough one. Yeah. And uh, I discussed it a little bit in my latest video. I, I was I'm really fascinated by this idea that we're relying on the Taliban to get our people out and to provide our own safety. And we're apparently giving and trust their intel on death numbers <laughs> and giving them information. There's this report that we gave them a list of specific names of our people to right. allow to pass. And it's into- just a hit list now. Yeah, and and uh, they say that it's not just that. They're sharing more intel with them, too. So I won't get into that again because I talked about that a, a little bit uh, last video, but you can check that out if you'd like. I did want to uh, come back to just some of the, I'd call these subtleties, but they're all terrible pieces of this speech. Just a few minutes into his speech, Joe, uh, Joe tried to shield himself by using his son, Bo, a former Army National Guardsman who, of course, died of brain cancer in 2015. And Joe said that he has some idea of what these families are going through because of Bo. Being the father of an Army major who served for a year in Iraq and before that was in Kosovo as a U.S. attorney for the better part of six months in the middle of a war. When he came home after a year in, a, in Iraq was diagnosed, like many, many coming home, with an aggressive and lethal cancer of the brain. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. Okay. Well, that's not going to be effective for people. Uh, did they, I, I'm not taking a shot at, at Bo Biden, but um, this is a knock on Joe for acting like his son's situation is comparable. It isn't. Bo Biden was an army lawyer. He trained lawyers for an NGO in Europe and spent a year in Iraq in a non-combat role. And he was visited by his vice president dad three times while deployed. Again, that's And that's great. That's fine. That's more than I did in the military. I have respect for that. It is not the same as being a grunt on the ground and having jihadis come at you with suicide vests yeah, and yeah. blow you up. One, and what was he saying that many people came back and I don't also even had know an aggressive form of brain cancer? Was he implying <laughs> that the brain cancer was like a, was a caused com- by the deployment? Like he, it was a non-combat deployment anyway. So what was it? Non-combat caused brain cancer? Yeah. What did he even mean by that? It seemed to me like he was trying to liken it to. Um, traumatic brain injury or PTSD or, right, right, right. or any yeah. sort of uh, mental health condition or or any kind of physical health condition that returning veterans may experience, which itself, it's disrespectful to those families. It's disrespectful to those guys who died. I think it's disrespectful to Bo, too. If Bo was here, do you think he would want comparison? Like, Shut up, Dad. It's just <laughs> embarrassing. It, it, and it's totally irrelevant. Totally irrelevant to what happened to those guys in Kabul and their families. I, I, I think it's just so insulting and such a ridiculous shield. Oh, I know what this is like. No, you don't, dude. Just shut up. You have no idea what this is like, clearly, which is how we got into this situation in the first place. Um, and then there was this segment where th- this was 
probably the most embarrassing exchange of the press conference. Peter Ducey asked Joe if he takes responsibility for what happened. And Joe says, yeah, I do. But <laughs> Trump, what else? Trump. When pressed, um, when, when Peter Ducey pressed him, Joe just collapsed into his own hands in an in a incredible display of, of weakness. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things. You know, as well as I do, that a former president made a deal with the Taliban. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed and that it is messy. God, this is disgraceful. That was so painful. To be fair, I could hardly understand what the question was because of the stupid mask situation. <laughs> that would be his best excuse if Joe went with that, but he didn't. And we've talked about this already. I don't mean to to beat the dead horse, but somehow this is the one Trump policy that Joe can't change. He prides himself on being the untrumper. You know, he goes in and executive orders everything Trump out of existence. But this was the one thing where Trump decreed it, and so we must abide. That's that's very odd. Uh, that that you've chosen this, or I guess you didn't choose this course of action. You were held to it by the prior administration. And this is an, another one of those moments where you can just see the political tribes um, kind of taking taking their corners. And I, okay, I don't. I think objectively, this is a display of weakness. But Biden's supporters were all over. Um, Twitter and the rest of the internet saying, "Look at this man! Look at this empathy! Look at the concern that he's displaying." I don't think Ugh. that's what it is. I think it's I think it's collapsing under pressure. And even, even if it so, is, nobody likes an empathetic man. Ugh. It's like even if he cares that much, was it effective? Because it looks like it got a lot of guys killed. It looks like weakness that put our guys at risk because you don't have the courage to stand up to our enemies to protect them. So you put us at a disadvantage and you allowed. Our enemies to go in and kill them. Weakness yeah. gets people killed, even if you care a lot while you're weak. Yep. That's what that was. I'm not really sure how relevant that was, but it, it, it really um, reads like he's a petulant child. Like it, my sister did look. it. Yeah, it's a terrible yeah. look. Um, okay. And then la last thing I wanted to say about his press conference. Um, <laughs> speaking of his weakness, is Joe too weak to be president? That's an obvious rhetorical question with an obvious answer. Um, most people don't by polling, don't believe he's making decisions. And that's in part because he keeps making explicit statements that tell you he is not making decisions during his press conference. Joe said that he was instructed to take questions in a particular order. And then at one point he said, guys, I have a very important meeting to get to. I have to get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Uh, a few days ago, you said you squarely stand by your decision to pull out. 
Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to I have another meeting for real. But. What the hell is the other meeting? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Who is so important that you have to get away from what is probably any president's most important duty, which is discussing the news of our young men um, and young, two young women in this case, mind you, two of the Marines were women who were killed in this case. Our, our young service members killed overseas. And you're saying, well, you know, I got important things to tend to. Who are these important people giving you instructions and telling yeah. you to get out of the press conference so you can go to their meeting? His blood boy is coming over. Probably. Yeah, I guess. Man, this is so disgraceful. Obviously, he was not supposed to say that. I was instructed to call on these people in this order. It's like he, he says it all the time. He He's says it all the time. Outrageous. Where are his handlers? I suppose they can't really do anything about the dementia. I think they're just thankful there wasn't a kid to sniff. That's probably a very yeah. successful Don't press conference. Don't you think that might have been a little bit better? <laughs> Would you prefer him just sniffing a little girl's hair up there instead of trying like to a, shirk a, the responsibility? One sniff off a 10-year-old boy at the top of his head I, I think might not be as bad as this. Sacrif- well, uh, yeah, sacrificial lamb. Maybe there There you go. Some of those Afghan refugees maybe we <laughs> repurpose repurpose those boys for uh biden sniffing sacrificial limbs right. a lot of them okay. are used to much worse treatment over in <laughs> afghanistan so this will be an upgrade for them right get some of those dancing boys uh, yes. over here and then a little sniff and they'll be like oh this isn't so bad yeah now as far as the uh the politics here we have seen a few dozen republican uh politicians call for biden's resignation a few house members are introducing articles of impeachment that's not going to go anywhere because, of course, you have to speak slightly callously on a phone call to get impeached, uh, recklessly causing the deaths of over a dozen military members does not count as an impeachment qualifier. But some of the I mentioned um, some of the family members of those who were killed, some of those service members who were killed are, are appearing, uh, making media appearances. The roughest one that I've heard is from a woman who says she's the mom of Lance Corporal Riley McCollum who was a Marine killed at the Kabul airport on Thursday. She called into a radio show. Here's what she had to say. My son was one of the Marines that died yesterday, 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife, to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless dementia ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at four o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap talk about diplomatic crap with freaking taliban terrorists so my son is gone and i just want all you democrats who cheat in the election or who voted for him legitimately you just killed my son oh that is heart-wrenching yeah and yes, if you're curious, uh, Susan says I have to censor a gold star mother because she questioned the freest and fairest election in the history of the world. That was uh, Kathy. Such a joke. God. It was Kathy McCollum calling into the Wilco Majority Show on Sirius XM Patriot Radio. As you mentioned, Riley McCollum was a 2019 graduate of Jackson Hole High School in Wyoming. And according to his family, he has a child due to be born in a few weeks time. And being in a, a similar fatherhood position right now, I cannot imagine the loss that that family is experiencing and the rage they must be experiencing, as she expressed on that radio show. I, the, the idea of Ugh. losing 
losing that fatherhood, uh, losing that fatherhood overall, but the prospect of fatherhood for him and just that child who will grow up without knowing his dad and learning about this decades, you know, a decade or so from now. It's just uh, it's rough. It's it's terrible. In terms of some of the other um, reactions, a uh, a Marine officer uh, was fired this week after he called out leadership in a viral social media video. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller posted a video demanding accountability from military leaders all the way up to the defense secretary saying any battalion commander like him would be fired for the incompetence that's been shown throughout this Afghanistan withdrawal. But the reason people are so upset on social media right now is not because the Marine on the battlefield let someone down. That service member has always rose to the occasion and done extraordinary things. People are upset because their senior leaders let them down and none of them are raising their hands and accepting accountability or saying, we messed this up. If an 05 battalion commander has uh, the simplest live fire incident EO complaint, boom, fired. But we have a secretary of defense that testified to Congress in May that the Afghan National Security Force could withstand the Taliban advance. All of these people are supposed to advise, and I'm not saying we've got to be in the in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying, did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, the strategic air barriers, before we evacuate everyone? Did anyone do that? From my position, potentially all those people did die in vain if we don't have senior leaders that own up and, and raise their hand and say, we did not do this well in the end. I wanna say this very strongly. I have been fighting for 17 years. I am willing to throw it all away to say to my senior leaders, I demand accountability. Wow. How fantastic. Good for him. I think he knew that he was going to be fired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he was pretty clear about that. He had been, it's not just that he lost uh, his job and he's out, but he had been a Marine for 17 years. He was three years shy of eligibility for full pension. This guy threw away his retirement over this. Like the government's going to be able to fulfill pensions pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, probably a, a very, uh, uh, intelligent move, a smart move on his end. And a lot of people are pushing back and saying, uh, you can't be political. You can't call out military leadership publicly. There's policy against that for a reason. And, well, and I agree. Peers are dying. But I think he would agree with that too, though. I, I think he would acknowledge that. I think like you said, he's saying, I understand the policy. I understand the consequences. I think speaking out about this is of such importance that I will accept those consequences for doing that. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, if, they're yeah. going to so quickly replace him, promote some kind of diversity hire. Some uh, yeah. Incompetent chick or something. <laughs> F. Lieutenant Colonel R2 Dindu yeah. rolling right in. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think he fully understood those consequences and accepted them on the way out. He spoke with the New York Post here and um, he said his turn is over. I demand accountability at all levels. If we don't get it, I'm bringing it. And he quoted Thomas Jefferson saying, quote, every generation needs a revolution. So, um, hey, if we're headed toward uh, Civil War Two, I guess I'm, I'm happy to have Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller probably uh, on the constitutional side of, of that particular war. I'm guessing. I don't know. We'll, well, we'll we're see. all coming to a point in our lives where we have to look back on our lives and be like, did I do everything to stop this onslaught of cultural degradation? And, and 
I think that he probably evaluated his life and thought about his cushy pension and everything like that. And he was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night if I don't do this. Yeah, he probably faced a situation where he's thinking, do I value my pension more than I value sticking up for those dead Marines who could be under his command? I don't know what the exact structure is, but if he doesn't stick up for those guys and accepts a a cash out um, because of it, I I could understand why that – I know obviously so many military guys have so much trouble with survivor's guilt and other feelings of guilt after you come back from all sorts of war settings. This is maybe something along similar lines where it's like, am I really going to protect my own financial well-being at the expense of my guys dead out there at the Kabul airport? And the things that you can be discharged for, some of them are... Some of them are very serious, but some of them are quite arbitrary. Yeah. I And I, I, again, I fully understand why you have to fire or at least discipline for behavior like this. You can't have political activists in the military. It's going to ruin the cohesion of right. the military and the unit. However. However. Um, well, actually, I want to get to that in a moment because I don't think this is uh, – Consistently applied. We have another example. If he's on the constitutional side of Civil War II, you have, um, I don't know what her rank is, Sergeant uh, Woke Lady of the Army on the other side, which we'll get to in one moment. But the other thing I wanted to- I did want to say something really quick. Um, Like six months to a year ago, we had somebody write us an email uh, and her husband was in the Army, I believe, and he had horrible anxiety. He smoked pot once. He was drug tested dishonorably discharged and committed suicide. Oh my God. And, and, a di- and a dishonorable. These, are the, these are the kinds of things, you know, that they're, they're going to discharge people for telling the truth for minor drug infractions. They're going to allow all of these diversity hires to rise through the ranks. All of these things are weakening, weakening our armed forces. It is, mm-hmm. it is such a debacle. I, I cannot believe that this is happening and they're doing it deliberately. And if I understand dishonorable discharge cares, carries a whole host of it's kind like of legal penalty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, my God, I hadn't I hadn't heard that story. Um, and of course, a lot of people facing similar discipline for refusal to take the vaccine potentially now that that's been officially ordered. So, yeah, we are facing they're a whole playing host a dangerous of, game if they think that Marines uh, are most most elite armed forces, Navy SEALs, that they're just going to like bend over and take it in the ass because there are a lot of people in there that are going to be like, nope, I, I defend the Constitution. But they also are promoting a lot of people who love to bend over and take it in the ass, as we'll get to in a minute. Quite they have their they have their yes. whole army of those guys. So it's yeah, I but don't, they have no brute force. They have yeah. no uh, they have no power. Like it, we're not going to run into Afghanistan with a bunch of fags and chicks and like take it over. Just wait, just you wait. <laughs> uh, to that to that Marine's point about incompetent, clueless leadership on Thursday morning, just hours before the attack at the Kabul airport, the sergeant major of the army, who's the highest ranking enlisted soldier, whose job it is to address issues of enlisted soldiers to all officers and military leadership tweeted diversity is a number. Do you have people that don't look or think like you in the room? Inclusion is listening and valuing those people. Women's Equality Day reminds us we're smarter and more lethal when we come together as an inclusive, cohesive team. Our values demand it with a whole bunch of um, pictures of chicks of color in military uniforms. Uh, 
Never mind that there, as far as I'm aware, there is no evidence that military unit diversity correlates with increased performance. I am aware of evidence to the opposite effect by the Marine Corps study that said, yeah, put women in the combat role. Those units perform more poorly. But I guess we're about to get a lot of data when we see how many Delta flights crash into the ground. Like we're going to get some (laughs) real info or is it United about diversity hiring and how incompetent people are when you don't base hiring decisions on meritocracy. It's so stupid. So that is totally made up. Uh, No comment from him on the diversity and the women's inclusion of the bodies in Kabul. As I mentioned, two of the, uh, the American military casualties were women, but, um, I don't I don't know whether the racial makeup was up to par. And and I mentioned, uh, you know, who's going to be on what side when it comes down to the military uh, fracturing during Civil War Two. Oh, well, this dumb bitch. I <laughs> ugh, I couldn't even watch it again when I was reviewing the notes because I saw it a few days ago and I was like, I, I can't even believe what I'm saying. So on the topic of who gets disciplined for politics in the military and uh, who doesn't, at least as far as I'm aware so far, um, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller of the Marine Corps was the only military member making a viral political video this week. So, too, did Army soldier Cindy Bronson, who posted a TikTok video responding to a woman who was calling on the military to rise up against Joe Biden. And Bronson said that if it comes to civil war, you're going to obey her orders or she will point her gun at you and implicitly shoot you. Where are you, military? Because if you're leaving it up to the American people, you need to let us know. Like, have you never heard of the Insurrection Act? There's reasons why the military doesn't deploy within the U.S. And if they did, your little good old boy system is not going to fare well for you. Understand that if active duty military actually get deployed within the United States, that weapon is not just pointed at other people, other countries. It's pointed at you. If you do not get in your house when I tell you to, you become the enemy. Martial law, you know, where your rights get curtailed. You don't have all those same freedoms that the Constitution guarantees at that point. So be careful what you wish for. Oh, my God. I wish I wish so much to have a moldy locks moment with with this chick (laughs) where a five foot two Marine punches her in the face. And then she has a look of shock where she understands all in one moment. The gender roles are real. Who is this little lesbian? That that is outrageous. That's what I was outrageous. That's what I was wondering, and I saw um, our friend uh, Justin at Phoenix tweeting this earlier in the week. If you told me, all right, in the ring, we're going to put <laughs> Cindy Bronson in her uh, in her army getup, her full kit complete with an M4 versus an average male with bare hands. Who wins the fight? I'd have a harder time picking than I should, even if she has yeah. the gun. Yeah, even if she's armed and trained and she's a good shot, it, all it takes is one average sized man approaching her from behind to just snap her neck. Yeah. She so, needs a dose of reality in the in, form of physical punishment. In as much fairness to her, and uh, I know you love fairness to this particular type of person, but it, to be as contextually complete as possible, she was responding to a woman who was calling for violent armed uprising against the president. Um, so that helps what are to explain we supposed to do. I, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not advocating right. for anybody to do that. But at what point uh, is it appropriate for the people to revolt against the government? Uh, yeah. When, when the government fails to serve its only legitimate purpose, which is to protect and secure your rights. And I think that we have seen that uh, purpose betrayed over and over and over again. But she straight up said your constitution does not matter. It doesn't protect you. Your rights don't matter. 
as long as they declare lesbian uh, martial law yeah. in our armed forces. Is everybody happy about diversity now? Everyone happy about this? So she's she's responding about violence to a person talking about violence. The, but the, that's one piece of this. The other thing I wanted to say is, how is this not every bit as political as Scheller, the Marine it's that so we just talked about? so much more political. His was a pointed criticism. Yeah, and hers so, was a ram, rambling outburst about uh, about taking away citizens' rights and martial law. Yeah. And they're both in uniform and they're both advocating and discussing certain policy. As far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong, I wasn't able to look into this as deeply as I'd hope to today. But I, was I'm she not reprimanded. I'm not aware of any disciplinary action taken against her. Oh, my God. So I may have to Jen Psaki circle back on that one. But I'm not at, right now. I'm not aware of that. Okay, last thing really quickly, because we're due for a super chat break. Um, Joe Biden is constantly metaphorically accused of falling asleep on the job. And there have been a couple occasions where he appeared to do exactly that. Well, this week, he again appeared to actually fall asleep on the job. He met with the Israeli prime minister and you be the judge. It looks like he's completely passed out while this guy is talking to him. Both of us who seek to do good and need to be strong, both of us who are a lighthouse in a very, very stormy world. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I look forward to working with you now and for many years for <laughs> Is he alive? Oh, my God. Forget, forget sleeping. Is he alive? Someone check that man's pulse. Ugh. I thought maybe he was awake because he was moving his fingers, and then he stopped and started taking real sleepy breaths. Well, if you think that he's asleep, you are an extremist, an extremist Republican pushing the lie, according to the fact checkers. Uh, The official CNN fact checker has looked into it, and he notes that throughout the meeting, Biden was talking because, of course, if you talked at one point during a meeting, it means you couldn't have fallen asleep at another part. Biden (laughs) looked at the Israeli prime minister again because your eyes were open at one point means you couldn't have been sleeping at another. He was looking downward and his hands were moving. You know, nobody, nobody's ever moved their hands before falling asleep. And Biden immediately replied to Bennett. Okay, so in fairness, he did come to after those remarks were delivered. Um, you, you be the judge. I mean, I can see what whether or not he's sleeping, that looks like a guy on the cusp of death. That does yeah. not look like a strong leader. I know we do this all the time, but how much time do you think he has? I don't know. Are they still protecting Kamala to move her in? We talk about that each week, but she's noticeably quiet. She's being sheltered from every disaster. She's not. uh, Now they're not even going to send her out to California. I guess she was going to campaign for Gavin. Now, I guess that's not happening. She's bad in the public eye. Anyway, if you want the full truth, this is uh, the face of your absolutely trustworthy fact checker. At CNN, he's the one who tells you whether Biden was sleeping or not. Don't believe your lying extremist uh, eyes. When you Gosh, look at that man. is the face of estrogens in utero right there. <laughs> okay, we after the break, we will get to Michael Byrd, the Ashley Babbitt shooter, giving an interview with NBC. But we are due for a break, so let's hop oh God, to this it. This is so depressing. This is all so depressing. I, I, you know, I'm feeling energized to laugh at the show. I will uh, open up the treasure chest so that it can shoot lemons out at you or whatever, <laughs> whatever yeah and uh various ninjas and ice cream and whatever else happens on d live thank you guys for uh hanging out over there manon emmeline says blonde doesn't believe women should have the right to vote but names her daughter after a famous suffragette emmeline pankhurst i didn't name my daughter after her 
It's a character in Anne of Green Gables. Um, and I, I legit think that women should not imagine how much better things would get in this country if women were subjugated and stripped of the right to vote and removed forcibly from the military. <laughs> we might be able to save this country if that happened. Here come the comments. Does Blonde realize that she's a woman? Gotcha. Yeah. Got her. I don't care about voting. I'm never going <laughs> to vote again. I, I do believe you will stay true to that principle. I believe you when you say that. No, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I've been really working on my wife game lately. I'm trying. Rocky Mountain Monk, dear Joe Biden, you're doing a fantastic job. Please keep on doing what you're doing. Never give up. Never quit. We're all with you all the way. Signed, the Accelerationist Collapsitarians of America, our motto, Apocalypse Now. He really is your candidate. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the Joe Biden Taliban ticket is great for the Accelerationist oh Collapsitarian God. view. This is maybe maybe it's time to move to the clown pill. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the future. Well, I don't know. And that's that's why I wonder, like, I'm trying to hang on to this ability to laugh at it and to enjoy the fiddles on the sinking Titanic. But I always wonder in the hierarchy, is the clown pill below the black pill or is it above it? And I, do I have yet to read? I feel like I'm more clown pilled than black pilled. Does that mean I have yet to reach right. the black pill or have I just skipped right over it? I don't know. I mean, I think that clown pill is post black pill. So you've got to get really depressed for about six months hasn't and happened. then start finding everything funny again. Well, no, your personal happened. life is going great. That that always is a armor against the sadness of the world. That's true. That's true. I have a lot to look forward to. So that has helped me weather this storm. Holden Mulray, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Don't discount the fear on the left. They fear death, ostracism, even each other. They've lately made fear their virtue. Let's meditate on this a second. Yes, somebody said something really powerful to me uh, last week. And I was like, you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And they were like, listen, don't be afraid. Because if you're in a state of grace with God, you will always win. You will always mm. win. Now, I am not in a state of grace with God. I haven't been in church in a while. However, that's a powerful thought. I mean, and look look at people uh, of the past that that rode into battle knowing that they were going to be saved by Jesus Christ. Like we don't have that, that kind of uh, relationship with God. And I think if we did, it would really help us to move forward and to deal with what's coming. Yeah. There's the one thing I shouldn't say it's the one thing it's, it's maybe the thing I admire most about people of faith is they have a proper perspective on death and they tend to live full unafraid lives as mm -hmm. a result of that. And I, I admire right. that greatly. And, um, whether I get there on my faith journey or not, it's one characteristic I hope to emulate because um, yep, they're too. doing it right in that regard. They they really are. Uh, graveyard shift. Hope y'all are hip to Devin Tracy, a.k.a. Atheism is Unstoppable, a.k.a. Ambassador of the Hawaii race. He re recently <laughs> finished an amazing three-part series on the truth about the Tulsa race riots. That's good. Ah. More people need to talk about that. And always, as always, whenever he's brought up obligatory apology to um, to Amazing Atheist, uh, or oh, no, yeah. uh, uh, atheism unstoppable. I always confuse them. Now I have to apologize for that. The kangaroo guy gets an apology. Amazing atheist is the the micro penis guy. Yeah, no apology for TJ Kirk. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Never... Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Apology to the kangaroo guy because we once thought he was the deer guy. Right. Yeah. Daniel Kunkel. 
the names of fallen servicemen have been released. Young men and women, some not even old enough to buy a drink, but that's how it always is, isn't it? When was the last time it was worth it? That is the question everybody should be asking. When was the last time it was worth it? Yeah, you, you got to go. Well, uh, there are there are people who make the case today and that you know, they're perfectly entitled to that. Um, but there's a good you know, every every significant conflict we've been in in recent decades. There's a good case to be made that um, we came out on, on the short end of the deal. Yeah, I'd say basically the Revolutionary War and nothing since. Um, well, at least we agree on, on the first one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Although we wouldn't be better off in the UK right now. Uh, Pep says every time I have enough ammo, Biden does something beyond stupid 500 more rounds of freedom bought. Tell me why I should stop. You shouldn't. Uh, Phoenix ammo. Check it out. Uh, Rocky mountain monk Pep. I can give you 600,000 reasons to keep going. That's a lot. We appreciate that. All the best to your family, man. Um, one more. I thunderstorm set. Wait, wait what? Never mind. I keep going. Did I just I, read something naughty? No, no. Okay. How long before weapons from Afghanistan reach Syrian rebels to support uh, Genie Energy Golan Heights? <laughs> I got that one out before I realized what I was saying. <laughs> Susan Bate. I don't know. I'd be shocked if that got picked up by the algorithm. That's, that's, that's not that. I mean, that's that's you know, it's fair to question where money's going. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. All right. We'll circle back. All right. Let me uh, check in. Uh, we look good on Trovo. I, I went over to the channel just to be sure. And it looks like we're clear on chats there. So, again, if I've missed a chat, my apology. But I think we're actually clear. Let's see. Uh, we are set on D live as well. Thank you guys for hanging out over there. Appreciate it. Tippy stream check in here and then we'll head back to the news if i can meander through there totally uh impossible system of reading these chats uh al sahim says hello and welcome to dillywire.com it is a great site it is a tremendous site frankly the best you can ask anyone about that people often do i'm joined by my wonderful co ronin's Calt and nutty cat lady happy 50th birthday to all of our twists i I guess i don't fully get all the references there but happy 50th (laughs) appreciate it uh phil says we will keep being told there are many americans we uh, we keep being told there are many americans stranded in afghanistan and that's why we have to risk more military lives yet once uh, a little digging is done it turns out that many are just um, afghans with paper ties to this country we owe them nothing well th- i guess that's probably why they're saying these are people who don't necessarily want to leave you wonder why not and if um you know if afghanistan is your home and the place that you want to stay presumably there's some reason for that so i wouldn't be surprised if that's the case uh jehovah's thickness one of the great names <laughs> in our audience uh, my governor here in illinois Governor Jellybelly Pritzker, right, has officially enacted another statewide mask mandate and says lockdowns aren't off the table. Send thoughts, T-H-O-T-S, and prayers. Oh, yeah. We'll see what we can do. Um, but as we've been saying <laughs> forever, as and again, as we've all been saying, not just blonde and not just me, but everybody in this audience, it ends when you say it ends. So make them put the mask on your face if you don't want to wear the mask. You come over here and you put it on my face. Good, sir. I would like to see you try. 
I will give you hand, foot, and mouth disease, you son of a <laughs> bitch. I'll do it. This is worse than COVID. <laughs> Phil says, Joe falling asleep while our greatest ally was droning on about uh, the special relationship was epic. I guess he, he's a big Joe Biden fan, maybe. They <laughs> um, need to be reminded from time to time that uh, they need us more than we need them. Ooh, spicy. All right. Thank you, Phil. They Metal do need Man. us more than, than we need them. Metal Man says, uh, "War must be, <coughs> uh, war must be, while we defend our lives against a destroyer who would devour all. But I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I love only that uh, which they defend." That's a, apparently a Tolkien quote, J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, well put. I like that. Mark Field says, thanks for being my weekly sanity safe space. You two are the best. If you ever feel useless, remember, it took 20 years, trillions of dollars, and four U.S. presidents to replace the Taliban with the Taliban. And just remember, the whole premise of going into Afghanistan was that the Taliban harbored terrorists. The whole premise of leaving Afghanistan is that the (laughs) Taliban is enemies with the terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. How times change. Okay, uh, we will come back to our uh, chats later in the show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate um, it. I'll have to just circle back with you. And we'll get back into the news, which is um, well, we knew the the Ashley Babbitt shooter was this guy, Michael Byrd, um, based on a bunch of independent reporting about it and based on the statements from the Babbitt family attorney and based on the prior reporting that he had left his loaded Glock 22 in the Capitol uh, bathroom in 2019 and that's okay he still remained a capital police officer who would go Weren't on there to children touring also i'm sh- i'm sh- that wouldn't surprise me not only did he go on not only did he remain a capital police officer he became the guy on january 6th in charge of protecting the house chambers so you always fail one. upward in government yeah. and michael no. bird appears to be no exception yep But before we get into his interview with NBC, he's had several investigations into him. The Justice Department did one that concluded a few weeks or months ago. I remember talking about it. Capitol Police also did their own investigation into his shooting of Ashley Babbitt. And surprise, surprise, the Capitol Police have investigated the Capitol Police and they have concluded that the Capitol Police did nothing wrong. What were the findings? Well, it was the Office of Professional Responsibility, which is... Basically, okay. the it's the USCP's office of so yeah you're basically right. All right, all right. Uh, they Thank determined you for the, the officer's conduct was lawful and within department policy, which says an officer may use deadly force only when the officer reasonably believes that the action is in the defense of human life, including the officer's own life, or in the defense of any person in immediate danger of serious physical injury. And okay. they also said every piece of evidence that is released further validates lieutenant's conduct, lieutenant exercise, professionalism and restraint in heroically defending and protecting members of Congress and their staff during the violent insurrection on January 6th. So Michael Byrd gets cleared by the Justice Department and the Capitol Police. And I think there were other investigations that cleared him as well. And so he makes the voluntary decision to reveal himself through an interview with Lester Holt on NBC. And again, to emphasize, Capitol Police did not name him. Justice Department did not name him. Congress did not name him. He came out and did this himself. So he could be hailed as a hero. And he does paint himself as a hero. He believes he saved 
many lives that day, according to. Oh, his yeah. Own this interview statement. is filled with black nonsense. We should get into it. <laughs> Jeez. It is. It is. Lester Holt softballed him. I, I couldn't believe that he that he asked him about the gun incident at the end. I only had two minutes left and I'm like, he didn't ask about it. But apparently it was on the last two minutes. It was filled with nonsense. <laughs> it's okay. And in the interview, Michael Byrd says it was a justified shoot and he believes he saved countless lives. The vile threats and conversations and chatter. Uh, that's been expressed about me and my actions. Threats against your life? That is correct. Racist it, things? There were some racist attacks as well. And I believe I oh. showed the uh, utmost courage on January 6th. And it's time for me to do that now. On that day, I had about a third of what is assigned to my, uh, my unit as a result of COVID, as a result of uh, additional... Um, manpower needed so you were going in shorthanded that is correct so again when you're at this door it's hard to see what's on the other side but, but you're it's hearing possible for me to see what's on the other side because we had created such a barricade i'm yelling i'm screaming you know my throat was hurting for a few days afterwards what were you saying as you held the gun <laughs> get back stop get back no stop Get back repeatedly screaming. I know that day I saved countless lives. I didn't even know it was a female. Because the call of shots fired had went out, um, you know, it was later I, you know, found out that the uh, subject did not have a weapon. But there was no way to know that at that time. And I could not fully see her hands. In that case, does it matter that the person was armed or not? According to law, it does not. When they announce shots fired, it's appropriate to take a tactical defensive stance and posture to protect myself. Oh, my gosh. That was never an excuse that, that people would accept. And we had to listen to all of these uh, white on black nonsense justified shootings uh, the last five years. I have to hail this guy and George Floyd as a <laughs> hero. This is fucking ridiculous. He just shot blindly. He didn't even identify his target. Yeah. And, and that's it's been the frustration this whole time. It's just looking for a little consistency. You know, th this whole time to me, I, I, when you're forcibly entering property in general, I'm pretty lenient about defense of that property up to and including lethal defense. Now, this is a little more complicated. She had police officers in her immediate presence who apparently didn't see her as a lethal threat. Yeah, they decided um, not to shoot her. But in general, you know, I want to be consistent about that. And I, I think I've given Michael Byrd the best defense that I possibly could. But in any other context, the, being unarmed and simply committing a crime has never been views, viewed as an automatic justification for a shoot by those usually more critical of the police. And none of his other excuses or things he says uh, differentiate him make any sense. He says, well, um, my because uh, to emphasize. It's extremely rare slash basically a never event for a, a police officer who shoots some uh, kills someone in a defensive situation or when they're committing a crime not to have that police officer's identity revealed. Exactly. If public. he was white, we definitely would have heard about this. Earlier. And he says it's because he was threatened. That's why he was he, his identity was concealed to protect him because he was threatened. So Derek Chauvin was not threatened. And I know they're different police departments. I get that. But I'm just talking about a cultural consistent standard. Derek Chauvin, as though he wasn't threatened. The guys who shot um, Rayshard Brooks at the Wendy's place, as though they weren't threatened. The guys who shot Jacob Blake in Wisconsin and set off all of the Kenosha stuff that ended with Kyle Rittenhouse, as though they weren't threatened. 
that's not a distinguishing factor for him. That's just that's common. This is how these things work. It doesn't mean it's right, but that it, it is common. Another question to what he said. Well, I had like a third of the guys that I needed because of Corona. What? Like what? You you were understaffed to that degree because of coronavirus. You guys didn't prepare with a presence of Capitol Police officers for the day of certifying the election. It seems like you would put that one on the calendar and say um, nobody's taking time off that day. Right. Even though they maintained for months and months that they uh, had orchestrated this like days, weeks, maybe months in advance. Yeah. So you guys are just aren't going to be ready. Apparently so. Um, as you said, he openly admits that he can't see anything. So he said they created the barricade. He couldn't see Ashley Babbitt. He didn't even know she was a woman until later. And he couldn't see those other cops behind the door who were immediately in her presence. How is he so sure that there's an immediate threat to his life or the life of others if he's openly admitting, I can't see anything? Right. And he's like, I couldn't see what was in her hands. But her hands must have been up because she was climbing through a window. I mean, what was she like trying to to jump through it like a seal? I don't know. He might be right about the law. I'm not a I'm not a legal scholar on what the federal law governing this is. Restraint. But, he practiced restraint and was heroic but, during this. But just as a layman, one of the first rules of firearm discipline that you learn is you are you clearly identify your target and you certainly don't shoot unless you're 100 percent sure what it is that you're shooting at and what the threat posed is. He's openly admitting I had no assessment of what the actual threat was. I didn't even know who it was. Um, and it, I found it kind of incoherent that he's consistently emphasizing that she was unarmed, but also it doesn't matter if she was unarmed. Right. Why are you emphasizing it so much? If the law says armed or unarmed doesn't matter, then, well, then, then who cares? Yeah, yeah who cares? Um, he, he consistently justifies his behavior by saying, I heard over the communication over the radio that shots were fired. Yeah, yeah, but those those reports were wrong. So I can understand why if you heard shots fired over your radio, you might be on edge. I, I, I understand that. But those reports were wrong. So isn't the follow up investigative question, why were there false reports of shots fired delivered? Do we have an answer to that question? Mm-mm. And there's he, he says, uh, oh, uh, I, 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 I was so I was hoarse from screaming orders so much. I've seen no evidence that that happened. There were a lot of videos, a lot of videos. Yeah, it was a chaotic environment in fair in fairness to him. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of noise. I didn't hear anything like that, though. There's a before the Babbitt shooting. You can see the guy on screen for a solid like 20 seconds pointing this gun. I don't hear anything coming from him. So eh, maybe he fled immediately. He was in none of the footage after he was out of there. Um, and, And if he's if he's saying I saved countless lives that day. Well, how did all the other Capitol Police officers also save countless lives of the people who didn't die by not using their guns? How do we know who would who would have who would have died if Ashley Babbitt was not shot? And I say this with full acknowledgement that Ashley Babbitt was committing crimes she shouldn't have been committing. But was she going to go in there and strangle Nancy Pelosi herself? Yeah, really. Who was she going to kill? Aren't you supposed to administer life saving efforts to a suspect that you've just shot? I don't know if they have a legal obligation to do that or not. I I don't know. Moral obligation, you can argue, but. But we've he seen has, that a lot with the white on black shootings that were all supposedly unjustified. Yeah. Yeah. We did with Richard. What, who was it? Richard. Richard Brooks, the uh, taser man at Wendy's. Shardy McBrooks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Ashley's husband, um, Aaron Babbitt, appeared on Tucker to respond to this interview, as did his lawyer. And they emphasized um, how the threats 
against Bird don't make him special and how uncommon it is to withhold an officer's identity after a fatal shoot in this way. And I'm sorry to make you feel even worse. I can't imagine how you feel now, but they're kind of saying that she deserved it and her life had no meaning. I mean, what else are they saying? They've been saying that. They've been saying that all along. And I don't even want to hear him talk about how he's getting death threats and he's scared. I've been getting death threats since January 7th, two, three, five, ten a day, you know, and all I did on January 6th was become a widower. So you're going to have to suck it up, bud, and take it. But I just want to ask you as an attorney who is involved in these cases, when was the last time you saw a police officer involved in a fatal shooting whose identity wasn't revealed to the public ever? It was never revealed. He decided to reveal it. Has that ever happened that you're aware of? Not to my knowledge. I've never seen it. The U.S. Congress has to take responsibility for that. Capitol Police are, are organized under the Congress. They have, they have ultimate responsibility for that fact. The U.S. Congress has to take responsibility. There's probably no phrase more obviously true, but more obviously hopeless uh, than that one. Grim. Aaron Babbitt and his lawyer are said to be preparing a wrongful death, death lawsuit seeking more than $10 million, $10 million in damages against Michael Byrd and the Capitol Police. I've not seen an update on the filing of that lawsuit. So as far as I understand, it's still in preparation. Um, on a related note, I saw a crazy piece of Capitol riot propaganda from Chuck Todd on MSNBC. He notes that um, NBC's polling shows shifting attitudes on the Capitol riot and more people saying the events of January 6th were exaggerated for political purposes. And Chuck Todd says that shows how Trump and his allies have been so successful at rewriting the narrative. We've got some brand new numbers from our latest NBC News poll. This is focused on the aftermath of the January 6th attack. And these numbers show just how successfully Trump and his allies appear to have rewritten the narrative surrounding that awful day. 46% of adults say the attack on the Capitol has been exaggerated to discredit former President Trump and his supporters. That includes 82% of self-identified Republicans and 43% of self-identified independents. Overall, 52% of Americans say that the events of January 6th were an act of terrorism. 47% say it was not. But look at the change since we asked the question in January. The gap has gotten much smaller. That's what's happened on the right. Anyway, digest really. those results and realize... The media ecosystems and what has happened on the right in particular. You get to see it in the vaccine hesitation, and now you see it on this. This treasonous manlet. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh man, God. people believe that it was exaggerated. How about that's just true? And I'll give you several examples. You said Brian Sicknick was murdered by a fire extinguisher bludgeoning. That wasn't true. You exaggerated that. You constantly link unassociated Capitol Police suicides to January 6th without any evidence, despite the families themselves saying, nah, it didn't really have anything to do with the riot. You do it anyway, so you can what? Exaggerate January 6th. You constantly call it an insurrection without the requisite charges. You haven't been able to charge anyone with sedition or treason. Why? Because you exaggerate what happened that day. And you constantly oh try to racialize the incident, too, and make it some white supremacist event without any evidence to support that claim. And then just last week, when you got this report that the FBI has scant evidence to show any level of cooperation or of coordination, rather, and an organization, you kind of tuck no that one yeah. under the rug. Because it doesn't exaggerate in the way that you'd want to. It's not a rewritten narrative that you guys, uh, it's, it's not a rewritten narrative. You guys just exaggerated it. That's how this went. You provably exaggerated it. Soviet era propaganda. It's re <laughs> And yet we're the ones who are out of touch. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, you you guys you guys uh, can't come to terms with the insurrection. Well, where are the charges? Like, if it's yeah. so obviously an insurrection, where are the requisite charges? Well, uh, we don't we don't have those. But uh, you know, you saw and the those... only people that died were natural causes or uh, killed by the Capitol Police. Yeah. No curiosity on that too, because remember, it wasn't just Ashley Babbitt. You also have uh, Roseanne Boylan. Roseanne, who yeah. Witnesses allege was killed by Capitol Police. No curiosity. Three there. witnesses, and I have to listen to everything they say because you know, like one chick comes up and says that some somebody handed her a red cup a million years ago. Yeah, and they they're not going to listen to three testimonies about that. Well, speaking of the propaganda, because Chuck Todd references uh, coronavirus and vaccine skepticism, that's part of uh, the propaganda that you guys submit to and that you've come to believe. I couldn't believe this coronavirus lie this week. I literally couldn't believe it because when they said it, when the headlines on the news story said it, it's like, that's definitely not true. Um, (laughs) uh, Various outlets kept repeating this line this week that Florida had set a record 900 coronavirus deaths in one day. My God, the whole state is a graveyard. Now, this particular article that I'm looking at doesn't say that, but check an example um, from NBC News morning coverage. Listen to how they characterize this. If it'll play, do you have it playing? Mine's mm-hmm. not going. We've got some Hold brand on. new numbers. Go from back our to Chuck NBC Todd News. for a second. No! Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> Shut up, Chuck. Let me try to get the uh, clip here. Let's see if it goes. When you have a there patient now, what's really the message from every hospital? Well, that they don't have any space. They don't have any beds. Nationwide, more than 100,000 COVID patients are hospitalized. Florida with a grim new record, 901 deaths in a single day. State hospitals now reporting more than 90% of those admitted were unvaccinated. Okay, so no context, no additional explanation. Just 900 people died of coronavirus in one day in Florida. Uh, I'm not following the data that closely, but I know that we don't have, we hardly have 900 people dying a day in this country overall. So the idea that 900 died in Florida in a day is preposterous. Um, but that's not true. Don't 7,500 people die a day in the country? Well, sorry, I'm talking about 900 dead a day of Corona coronavirus. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. Um, so that that claim just seems preposterous on its face. So, so I looked into the report that they're basing that on. Sure enough, it's not that 900 people died in a day in, in of coronavirus in Florida. It's that um, that they Florida updated their data with the CDC and it increased from 42,000 and change to 43,000 and change. And the third paragraph of the story, quote, those deaths didn't all occur in the past 24 hours and span back over weeks. (laughs) They set a record 900 deaths in a single day. Okay. Florida is still the 19th ranked state for, for, uh, deaths per capita. They are actually very close population wise to uh, New York. And, um, and and except for the fact that Florida is is a lot older, of course, New York is sitting at twenty eight hundred deaths per million population. Florida is sitting at two thousand, but they follow the science in New York. We're going to dump on Florida because reasons. Florida. You look at the deaths per day, the average deaths per day right now is down at 66. So we're just off by a factor of, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 in terms of how many people are actually dying of coronavirus a day in Florida. And that's if you believe this count, which as we've documented, you you might be skeptical about that count to begin with. But 66 is closer to reality, not 900. Outrageous. And they don't. Speaking of New York, the reason I bring up New York is because they don't give them the same treatment. 
Governor Kathy Hochul took over for Andrew Cuomo. One of her first things that she did was she raised the COVID-19 death toll by 12,000 so that she could bring New York State data in line with the CDC. Did anyone write a headline? 12,000 people die in New York in one day because of coronavirus? I missed those. That's too much of an unbelievable number. If it were 900, you bet they would have tried. I guess. Maybe that's why. Um, I want to talk about a couple items of Corona tyranny quickly too. Uh, I saw this, a lot of people sent me this story this week. Uh, there's a high school in Washington ankle, putting ankle bracelets on their kids, unvaccinated kids. What's going on with this? They spun this story hard. Uh, so they, the, the Eatonville school district confirmed to Jason Rance, who I love, um, that they use proximity monitors. And regardless of vaccination status, coaches and staff wear them during high contact and moderate indoor contact sports. They say the students are not tracked, even though they uh, subsequently talk exactly about how they're being tracked. Um, instead, the device's radio-based sensors monitor, not tracked, monitor <laughs> oh. the distance between others who wear one. This is a quote, um, I think from the district, uh, not, I almost said district attorney, superintendent. There it is. Um, If a student or coach tests positive, we will have immediate information regarding athletes and coaches contacts. So we can more tightly determine who might need to quarantine because you're tracking them. I love the wordplay. No, it's just monitoring in the same way. We're not, we don't trust the Taliban in Afghanistan. We're just relying on them. Yeah. We don't trust them. Um, and then they said that they notified parents, but one mom was like, uh, no, you didn't. And then they, um, just talked about how she was irresponsible and stuff. Okay. So we have that. And then speaking of other, uh, treatment of, um, of minors, as far as coronavirus is concerned, there was this story just on Wednesday. Someone asked us, how soon do you think it'll be until parental custody, uh, parental visitation rights are revoked because of vaccination status for the child or the parent? Our quick answer was, yeah, that's obviously coming. I don't know if that's what happened in this case. I hope that's not the situation. Like this, this read like it was a little fishy to me because it is a custody dispute. Uh, but this mom, Rebecca Furlitt, uh, she has been uh, taken out of um, what am I? My brain does not work. I almost said like she's no longer a contestant for custody hearings. <laughs> she, she's no longer a, a custodian of her child. Yeah. She has been an it sounds like an embittered custody dispute with her ex-husband. And apparently out of nowhere, they weren't even talking about the coronavirus, the vaccination status on a Zoom call with the judge. And this judge Shapiro was like are you vaccinated? And she's like, no, I've had adverse vaccine reactions in the past. And he's like, well, you cannot see your child um, until you get vaccinated. And the dad was like, oh, I think that's fair. Here's the report uh, with some of her commentary. A Cook County judge here at the Daily Center has stripped a Chicago mom of her parenting time because she's refused to get the COVID vaccination shot. I miss my son um, more than anything. Um, It's been very difficult. I haven't seen him since August 10th. August 10th, that's the day Rebecca Furlitt appeared in court via Zoom along with her ex-husband for a child support hearing involving their 11-year-old son. Now, the two share custody or had shared custody in parenting time 50-50. She says out of the blue, Cook County Judge James Shapiro asked her whether she'd been vaccinated. She told him no, she had not because she's had bad reactions to vaccines in the past. Judge Shapiro then ordered that she be 
stripped of all parenting time with her son until she gets vaccinated. Perlet is now appealing that order, saying the judge has no business taking away her parenting rights simply because she's not vaccinated. We also reached out to the judge and the chief judge's office. They say they cannot comment on this case because it is ongoing. It has been confirmed by both of the father's lawyer and the mother's lawyer. So yeah, I think that this is probably a, a true story because if it is a custody dispute that's um, that they're having, they have a history of angst towards one another, then and she had a drug problem or something, I'm sure we would have heard about that's, that. Because this seems fishy to me. My initial reaction was, oh, come on, there's got to be something else in play here. And she maybe that conversation happened, but she's exaggerating the extent to which that played in the judge's decision. But like you said, as the story says, um, the attorney representing the father says they were also surprised by the decision, but that they they support the ruling given the pandemic, the child should be protected from an unvaccinated mother. There are children who have died because of coronavirus. So to your point, if they had some obvious, obviously more important piece of information against mom, that was more decisive um, in, in this decision you would think they would reference that and say this was improperly represented. This is not what this happened. This is outrageous. Judges are overstepping their jurisdiction criminally. So this guy can take this kid away from his unvaccinated mother because she's a threat. But I have to watch that little boy in Texas be forcibly transitioned by his crazy pediatrician, non-biological mother. Mm. Um you remember that case? Yeah, uh, I forget the name, but I do remember the Luna case. Luna is the girl's name. I right. think it's James Younger. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, just ha- this is so upside down and outrageous. You know, when you come for people's kids, uh, this is when people are really going to start to revolt. But something I will say, and I don't want people to take offense at this, if these people had not entered into a divorce situation, an acrimonious divorce situation, and they had chosen the right mates and not had IVF with a crazy female doctor, um, then <laughs> these things these things wouldn't have happened. So, you know, choose the right person, stay married, fight against the state. The only other piece of criticism I have potentially for mom here is, according to her description, she just volunteered her vaccination status to the judge. And maybe that was just not good foresight on her part. I don't know why you would do that. Presumably she's She's got to have some protections for medical information. Does she have, is she compelled to reveal that information? Maybe I misunderstand, but if a a judge is asking you that my first reaction would be not relevant, not answering and make them force you, but maybe they did for all I know. She seems like she has an incompetent female attorney. So I I wonder what's going to happen. She's probably (laughs) just going to cave and get the vaccine. We we shall see. Yeah. Well, I'll follow this story for sure. Uh, I found it to be, uh, just at first reaction, I thought it was, there's no way this was uh, the total story, but uh, perhaps it is. All right. A uh, quick uh, couple pieces of hoax hate before we get to the movie review. Cover a range of topics. Of oh, wait. I, f- th- I forgot this clip. Let's go back to this. Uh, <laughs> Jen Psaki. <laughs> Let's go back to coronavirus for a second. Um in, uh, or uh, not back to this is where it fits, right? I just skipped over the hoax. I skipped one thing. It's ahead. OK. It's been a rough day for everybody. If you are interested in Corona tyranny and what we're dealing with uh, you know, broadly in this country at a press conference this week, Jen Psaki referenced the global pandemic. 
cover a range of topics of mutual interest, everything from uh, COVID-19 and uh, our efforts to address the global pandemic. The global pandemic. The global pandemic. Are they mocking us? She definitely said it. Now, whether it's yeah. a... Uh, whether it was a simple, innocent misspeak or a telling slip of some kind, you decided. But she, but she definitely said global pandemic. Oh, my God. OK, now time for hoax hate. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In Salinas, California, parents and activists are outraged after students passed around a black doll, a baby doll, and abused it in various ways. This doll's name was Shaniqua, not to be confused with Shaniqua Stunning and Brave in our audience, who would never be desecrated in such ways. But Shaniqua the doll was desecrated, and her misadventures with students were chronicled on an Instagram account. Even as a joke, racism is racism. Controversy is erupting at Salinas High School, and now an investigation, all stemming from videos and posts circulating this weekend depicting students posing with a black baby doll named Shaniqua on an Instagram account. One video shows people stomping on the doll. Other pictures put the doll in sexually suggestive situations. That Instagram account has since been deactivated, but it's still causing quite a stir in the community. Two members of the African American Advisory Committee for the school district says these posts are just a symptom of a larger issue permeating the culture at some schools. Some of the things in those pictures and that was with that doll are stereotypes, direct stereotypes of African-Americans. How we can address this is through education. A lot of these kids don't know the insensitivity right. of their actions because they don't mm. know the historical. Right. They don't know the historical facts based on that. Now, what, I ain't no uh, stereotype. Look at my earrings and my nails. <laughs> And what the historical facts about the abuse of baby oh dolls is, I don't know. Were they um, were they whipped right alongside the uh, misbehaving slaves? I don't know. I have no idea what the history of that is so much worse than what I said. Doll abuse is now here. Here's where it gets interesting. Um, the, the problem for the people all worried about this, the, the racism, the alleged racism, as far as I can tell, is basically that the doll in question is black in its complexion. That's pretty much it. There are alleged to be a couple posts that used um, variations of the N word in sort of a hey, soft A N word kind of way. You know, not like look at this hard R N word that we're beating into compliance as, you know, the way the, the world ought to operate or something like that. So maybe there was some soft racism. I don't know. But pretty much they're, they're alleging racism because it's a black doll that was physically abused in certain ways. But as you can see from screenshots from the now deleted Instagram account, there are students of all races. Uh, apparently, this is apparently a multicultural abuse of this baby doll in the name of anti-black racism. You got Asian kids. It looks like you got a black kid. Looks like you got uh, Hispanic kids, white kids. They've now suspended three students from this high school. You scroll down the story. They're also investigating staff for potential involvement. But you scroll down the story. Who did they suspend? Two of the suspended students are Hispanic and one is black. 
uh, they also oh kicked, God. I guess, white ch- some white cheerleaders off the cheerleading team. But <laughs> oh, that sucks. This is one of those stories. It's going to be like, remember that tortilla story from a few weeks ago or a few months ago where they were throwing tortillas Yeah, and on it the was court? some kind of school... Uh, it was it was a it's a it's, it's a tradition that has nothing there, to do with race, right. but they made it anti-Hispanic. I'm going to speculate that there's something else going on here or either that or it's just kids being dumb kids and making a joke about a stupid baby doll. But all the stories talk about how we oh, we have to put a, a permanent record on these kids and make sure they can't get into college and make sure they're banned from polite society for life because nobody did similarly juvenile things right, when they were in high school ever. Um, but yeah, congratulations to the progressives. We're now so anti-racist that we're suspending racial minorities from school for the grave crime of abusing a toy. I, I hope you sure taught those uh, <laughs> those dissident brown people a lesson with these suspensions. That was outrageous. Last week, if you listened, we uh, we discussed the story of Dr. Michelle Fiscus, the former top medical official with the state of Tennessee, who was fired after allegedly encouraging physicians to give minors the coronavirus vaccine without parental consent, citing state law in support of her position. She claimed, of course, that she received a dog muzzle as a hate message in the mail until Tennessee state investigation showed that the muzzle was purchased on Amazon using Michelle Fiscus's uh, own American Express card. However, at Fiscus's request, Nashville police uh, have agreed to reinvestigate the incident because she wants the incident investigated by a law enforcement agency that has no affiliation with the state. So it's the state government that's out to get her. What a waste of time. Get Nashville police to do it again. She says, quote, I am concerned that the first investigation was not complete. While they determined the muzzle was purchased through an Amazon account created in my name and charged to my credit card. They made no effort to determine how the account was opened or how the muzzle was ordered. No explanation for why she has not filed fraud reports since her claim is now not just that a muzzle was sent to her for threatening reasons, but that it was purchased fraudulently on her own credit card. It's such a dumb question, too. How could someone have made an Amazon account in my name? I don't know, by typing in your name into Amazon? So easily so also because you did it but you know even if someone else did by writing your name what do you how if they had your credit card info of course they can do it but if you're alleging that kind of fraud why don't you investigate (laughs) the fraud you crazy lady because it wasn't fraudulent that's why (sighs) all right um it's time for the movie review and uh our delightful intro from our friend batman in a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. Well, it is the last of Blonde's nominations, for the time being at least, until we move into um, audience nominations or audience-nominated movies starting next week. It's a very appropriate ender for Blonde. Uh, Because Goodfellas was barely edged out of the vote multiple times over the last few months. And it made the cut decisively this time and just in time. So as always, we will start with your thoughts on why you picked Goodfellas. Sure. I mean, I might get some flack for this, but I think it's uh, the best gangster movie. I think it it perhaps outranks Godfather, which I think is an overrated movie. Hmm. Um, As with all Scorsese films, it is too long. Uh, but I just love the perspective of 
Ray Liotta, the character Henry, like he, the outsider's perspective. He's he's half Irish, he's half Italian. He's never going to be a made man. So showing everything from his perspective is is brilliant because he's permeated this group of people, but he can never quite belong. Hmm. Um, and I loved that. And there was also a lot of religious symbolism in this. We'll talk about this in a little bit. But that one scene where Karen uh, meets all the other wives and they're doing their nails and their hair. And she's like, they had too much makeup. They beat their children. They look terrible. They were yeah. terrible. But um, it has this element of like a ritual, like a like a Catholic ritual. Hmm. And I really like that. There are a few scenes like that. Uh, and then it it it, it intersplices a, a, enough humor that it isn't like a, a total drag to watch. It's incredibly, horrifically violent. But um, that scene where Joe Pesci shoots the guy in the foot, it, it has to be one of the funniest scenes in the movie. <laughs> I, I, every time I see it, I, I just laugh so hard yeah. and cry. Um, but that's why I picked it. Love Goodfellas. It's a great gangster film, which uh, really has stood up to repeat watching. I can see why a lot of people say it's the best movie ever, because I agree that it's that rare combination of funny and dramatic and a good story with likable characters, despite yeah. their heinous behavior. And it's really hard. It is it is difficult to pull off a bad guy who's likable, but there are many of them in this movie. And of course, the movie was highly influential. My only beef, as we'll get to, is that Henry Hill was a piece of crap in real life, and yeah. his real story kind of ruined the story for me. And that's not he was really a piece the, of crap in the movie too. Though. Yeah, that's not really the movie producer's fault, but um, it did ding my enjoyment of the movie just a little bit. It's not to say I have a negative opinion. I don't. Um, what I liked the best about the movie, the thing is just a meme factory. And several times throughout, I kind of knew I was going to get into this a little bit because I know how influential this movie is without even without having seen it. But there were several moments where you get that kind of, oh, so that's where that's from. Yeah. Kind of experience. The laughing meme. You know, I, I'm fully aware that you can use the laughing meme against me for not knowing that the laughing meme comes from Goodfellas. With or at least Ray Liotta I'm, at the table. Yeah, but he it's I understand why that's memed so heavily, too, is because it's such a weird looking, distinct, yeah. funny laugh. Uh, the fuck you pay me line. I, I mean, I've heard yeah. that a million times. I, it's so clear in its meaning that I never assumed that it came from somewhere because what else <laughs> yeah. would it mean? You don't, you don't need context for fuck you pay me. Yeah. But that was one of those moments. Um, and, and in uh, prior years of my life, I was a much more avid Simpsons watcher. Like I've seen yeah. every episode of the first decade or so of that show. And it's so clear how influential Goodfellas was on the, the mobsters in The Simpsons. Fat Tony is basically a modified Paul Cicero. Yeah. Louie is pretty much a clone of Frankie Carboni. <laughs> Frankie Carboni, yeah. So much so that there was a lawsuit um, uh, really? five, five or six or seven years ago. The Frankie actor sued Fox for $250 million unsuccessfully, <laughs> alleging improper uh, use of his likeness. So it doesn't just because a movie's really influential doesn't make it automatically good. But this is certainly a case where I can see why it's so influential. The movie's highly memorable. It's highly quotable. You, the characters, um, even though they're horrible people, are are endearing characters, and I can see why it sticks in people's mind. Now, what stuck out to me the mo the most memorable scenes to me maybe sort of an odd pick, um, but the scene when Henry gives Karen the revolver after that neighbor gets creepy on her, and Karen comments. Well, all my friends and my better judgment would tell me to run away from this guy, yeah. but I can't deny it. It turned me on. 
Yeah, yeah. And then that progresses into the scene where she becomes aware that he's been cheating on her. She's holding him at gunpoint. She still can't do it because yeah. she still finds him attractive. That's I so thought, good on gender roles because he just disarms. He like sweet talks her for two seconds and then yeah. disarms her and smacks her in the face and talks about what a stupid bitch he is. And then she apologizes. Yeah. Even though I'm he's sorry. the one. He's the one who's been abusing her other than, yeah. you know, her holding him at gunpoint at that particular moment. But he's been abusing her for a long time and she's reduced to apologizing to him. Yeah. And, and I thought the commentary on gender roles was so important. The nature of the relationship between men and women. Number one, women respond to leadership and assertive, uh, assertiveness, whether it's good or evil or bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and number true. two, that means morally and just as far as a responsibility Women must select for good leadership and men must provide it. So even when when Karen knows that Henry's uh, judgment is questionable, the fact that he gives her that plan and that reassurance keeps her right there with him despite her constant thoughts of escape. And even though Karen is being deceived and abused, her natural inclination is to follow Henry's leadership um, to the extent that it perpetuates her own abuse mm-hmm. and that natural inclination, that inclination for, for men to lead and women to support. That's a moral oh, obligation yeah. for both. Women have to be carefully selective yep. with their men, making sure that their men will provide them not just with leadership, but with moral leadership to lead, to mm-hmm. live moral lives. And men have to take that leadership role seriously, too, because it's one thing to walk yourself into hell. That might be a moral failure of sorts. But bringing but when, a family right there with you. you know. When you know that that female, uh, that, that, that your wife or who, that, that your wife in this case, when she's follow, when you know that she's inclined to follow and support your every footstep, that's an additional moral obligation for you to make sure that your footsteps are wisely chosen. I just thought that whole interaction was really fascinating, in addition to just being funny and they're just like two funny characters so it did uh it did it worked pretty well for me Um, and i also love that when they got addicted to cocaine the the camera uh, the the way they shot it changed hmm. it was more frenetic yeah and they had some some shaky cam stuff which normally i hate but in that situation um and then that scene where she's trying to flush the cocaine on the toilet is uh, (laughs) and then he's all mad at her for doing it because that's their only hope at financial salvation yep yep the the worst, you know, so these are mostly ticky tack things. It's, this isn't even a bad thing because there's not much you can do when you're portraying characters over decades and you're using yeah. the same actors. But I laughed out loud when uh, when Henry described a nearly 50 year old Robert De Niro as 28 or 29. OK, yeah. come on. Now. And then um, and then Karen in their luxurious date scene describes a nearly 40 or 40 year old Ray Liotta as 21. I get it. You can't, you can't really fix that. All right. The actors are who they are. Yeah. I, I just reserve the right to laugh at it. Cause it was funny. Yeah. Um, it might've been a, a call for different actors. Maybe it might've been it confusing. It de back then. Yeah. It might be, it might've been confusing. Cause if you use a different actor for the same adult character, that does get hard to follow sometimes. They do it in some films and they're never cast correctly. So I mm. probably shouldn't have said that. My, my, more substantive criticism is not really for the movie, but for Henry Hill, them, uh, for Henry Hill himself, because initially I was really disappointed in the end because Henry betrays his mob honor and he rats out his friends to the feds because he's convinced that he'd be killed if he does it, if he did anything otherwise. To me, that was the point of the mob life. Like you whack until you're whacked. That is the life yeah. that you chose. You cannot leave it. You certainly don't rat out your friends, dude. Certainly not to the feds. And then the credits rolled. 
And I, I went into this movie blind. So I thought it was generic gangster fiction. They start describing the fates of these various people. And I thought, oh, my God, this is a this is a real story. I had no idea. Look mm-hmm. it up. According to the real Henry Hill, the story depicted is about 95 percent accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Henry died of heart failure in 2012. Karen filed for divorce from Henry Henry in 1990 after he was convicted of cocaine trafficking and expelled from the witness protection program. The divorce was finalized in 2002. I think I have that right. Or was the divorce 20? I think it was 2002. Anyway. Well, and um, the ending was, was uh, you know, the, the ending was fitting in that he's like, I, I ordered spaghetti and I got egg noodles and ketchup. He just was sad that he had to live this pedestrian lifestyle. I guess. And so that's true. In real life, he had to be a cocaine trafficker because he missed the thrill of being a gangster. Yeah. Um, It's not the writers or the directors or anyone who made the movie's fault. Uh, I'm just I'm annoyed by a man who supposedly chose to protect his family, but sells out his own his own family. He betrayed his family. He betrayed his wife. He betrayed his own code. Henry Hill sucks. Doesn't mean the movie makers suck. It just dinged my enjoyment of the movie a little bit. So. It's not quite in the top tier for me of the movies that we've seen so far, but it is up there. It is a solid four wiki movie. All right. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Death before feds. Always. Henry chose wrong. Chose wrong, Henry. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, uh, well, I got to check in with the uh, the audience uh, vote. Let's see what people are thinking. Early vote, uh, very highly rated. Nobody giving it a one or a two. Uh, Half the people voting so far out of a few dozen uh, gave it a five. So highly, highly regarded. the correct answer, guys. Great way to end on your nominations for sure. Yeah. Thanks for everybody, everybody for watching and for voting for it. I was really hoping that we would get there. Next week, we get the we get to open up the potential for you hating me liking you, hating you, both of us hating, whatever mm. might get a little more interesting now that we're doing. Yeah, I think so. Audience movie nominations. Have you seen The Thing? That's that's up next. 1982's The Thing. So long ago. Okay, so you, you'll have to rewatch. I don't remember almost anything about it, but. Uh, of course, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell have been hits for me so far, so I am optimistic about it. And uh, after that. September's movie nominations, of course, are coming from listener James, who is the first guy to win that role, win that title. Uh, The remaining movies of his up for nomination in Bruges, Sicario, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, Green Room, The Straight Story, Paris, Texas, and Good Time. As it stands right now, Sicario with a decent lead over in Bruges. I know nothing about either movie. So... All right. So we might have something new to both of us after that. And of course, uh, as a reminder, the one and only place you can read my movie reviews, comment about how wrong I am, submit your own ratings, uh, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to become the movie nominator for the month. Like James is, uh, is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on my website uh, homepage, mattchristiansonmedia.com. Okay, that will do it on the streams tonight. We'll check in with chat and we'll call it uh, a night. I, I always hate to be so unprofessional as to invite the scathing emails, but I am in desperate need of a bathroom break. All right. I will. Uh, You're a quick peer. I'll read some of these. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll push it out quick. Don't worry. Ugh. I'll be right back. Oh, man. Here we Whoops. Are. 
I accidentally just muted your mic instead of mine. Oh, good. I said something disgusting. So that's <laughs> All right. Go for it. Hoofhearted said, um, Matt and Blonde, you make us all laugh. You two are like a couple of clowns to us. I feel you are here to amuse us. You're just funny how you tell the stories. Y'all are two of my favorite good fellas. Funny like a clown? <laughs> Mostly peaceful gun owner. Does giving $85 million in weapons to a terrorist organization count as aid and comfort to an enemy? Asking for an entire country. I'd say yes. I'd say those people are treasonous. Uh, Robin D. Banks, what's up, my dingers? Love the show. Here's one. BLM be like, take a knee. Kamala Harris be like, why not both needs slurping noise? Robin. I'm super drunk, says, all right, who moved my drink? I'm a fight somebody. <sighs> Those are the days. I bought PN, says, happy safe spacing. Happy safe spacing. Thank you. McClanko? Miss Lanko. McClanko. I'm late. I blame Viva and Barnes. Yes, we do run up against their stream. Um, let me roll up here. Steven Sugars. Alex Berenson was banned from Twitter for essentially just reporting the obvious that natural immunity to COVID-19 is 13 times as strong as whatever immunity comes from the jab. Follow him on Substack. Yes, he has been very reasonable and uh, alas, finally banned. The Simpsons since 1990 heard one of your classic podcasts from 2019, 138 Sandman versus the drumming native. You guys were circling back before homely Jen Psaki made it a meme. Matt Christensen, may your boy be a Virgo like me. Uh, is that what it, I see. I'm, I'm hoping for a Libra. Why? I'm a Libra. It's terrible. You, you must be right on the edge of Libra, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's potentially where my son could be born. Virgo is what right now? Are we, in Virgo territory. I don't know anything about this because it's nonsense. Libra is the scales uh, of justice. You know? Yeah, but Balance. we're also um, creative and emotional. So I don't know how that works out. Hmm. Maybe former me was emotional. And I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that you're Libra just seems like. I don't know. Seems like we have a lot of uh, opposite personality traits, I suppose. Yeah, it's almost like these things don't mean anything at all. Yeah, that's probably the most likely explanation. <laughs> Evil zombie toe. Troops who were about to leave Afghanistan were delayed and told to first clean the post for the Taliban. True story. No fucking way. <laughs> God. Because, of Is that course, true? I, I believe that 100%. I don't even need to see <sighs> the evidence. Oh, my gosh. That is so obsequious. Hmm. Oh, Bravo, Victor, watching the show with my lady while well, she's in Texas and I'm in Vermont. That's cute. Shout out to my sexy conservative woman, Wendy. She's a new woman watcher blonde. Can't wait for the 10th, babe. He's going to bone you hard or something. I don't know. what you're doing, you guys. <laughs> Okay. I don't know what's wrong with me. Do you ever feel like a little drunk when you're sick or like a little something's like a little. Well, you clearly don't have foot and mouth disease. We've no, like I feel like that. a little loosey goosey. I didn't take any Dayquil, but I feel a little like. DXME or something. You always want to feel a little loose. That's why I employ the Christine Blasey Ford rule on this show. One beer. One. One beer. beer the exact How loose right are amount. you right now, Skag? It's uh, it's the perfect amount to do a stream comfortably or to get uh, quasi raped yeah. by Brett Kavanaugh. Either that could is happen. true. Yeah. Yeah. Loose enough to allow you to pee in like nine seconds. That's yeah. how loose Skag is. <laughs> um, incompetent hand says, "Sorry, feel better, blonde. Think about the Prime Directive, and then think about the Afghans. At least you're not masking your kid because they can't jab them yet. Men get arrested, dogs get put down. Yeah, maybe we should follow the Prime Directive a little bit more." You don't even know what that is. I actually don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to Google that. It's the Star Trek. If I could get you watching Star Trek The Next Generation, I bet you'd really like it. 
But who knows? Some of the, the movies that I thought you were going to like, you're like, oh, I hated that. Yeah, but most of your picks, I, I wonder what the average of my ratings is. It's got to be like between, it's got to be at least between three and four. It's got to be more positive than negative. So I did slightly better than average having known you for like five and a half years. Yeah, but my, it's, I don't know. My taste, people who know me well would acknowledge my taste in TV and movies. Not that predictable. I like things that are terrible. I love things that are awesome to everybody else. For instance, Dr. Strangelove, I don't get it all. Okay, that sounds fair. Um, Joshua Ulrich says, don't feel bad, Blonde. I'm from Louisiana, and it's definitely a contender for the worst state. Hmm. You said it. I didn't say that to the people of Louisiana after a hurricane. Metal Man says, never give in. Never, never, never. And nothing great or small, large or petty. Never get in. give in, except I just lost this. Just scroll down. Son of a bitch. I moved Sorry. it again. Okay, I should not move it. I'm not going to touch it. Never give in it's be connected in some to convictions way. of honor and good sense. That would be crazy. That's Winston it Churchill. It has to be. It has to be a great quote, by the way. But yeah, Susan works in mysterious ways. If I scroll on my window, world leader. it scrolls Blonde's window somehow. I don't Susan like spyware. Brendan Michael, with corporate entities and big businesses collaborating with the state in order to fulfill interest convergence, do you believe this is shaping up to be a class struggle? If so, what's the solution? There is no solution. Hunker down, have a family, rebuild. Focus, yeah, focus on your life as locally as possible. I would say mm-hmm. that's true against any power structure, whether it's government, whether it's concentrated corporate power. You make yourself as, <sighs> as self-sufficient as possible. You, you kind of build a life that's maybe not uh, unfuckwithable, if that's a way to put it, but as close to that as possible. Yeah. That, that's what you want. As little dependency on others as possible. Easier said than done, but totally. you work toward that a little bit more every day, including building yeah. a family. You're a little more immune to some of their uh, oversight. And take the dignified mob death also. Yes. You don't talk to the feds knowingly. Never talk to the feds. It's one thing if you get duped, but you don't, you yeah. don't sign up for their comfort. Knuckle hunky buck. I gave my stimmy check to my landlord and he hung up his top hat, pulled aside his landlord sash, drew a fine Cuban cigar from his waistcoat and lit it with my check. <laughs> sipping on a 120 year old scotch. I know, right? Jeez. God, I, I've heard so many stories, too, of uh, landlords who are you know, old retired people. And that's their only income. It's like their they, only income. They yeah. don't they they have a couple modest properties. They rent them out. That's their income. 15 minus six equals old Joe said he met the bereaved families. I call BS. We've seen the scars and bruises from the encounter. If he had, I know I'd have snapped his neck in two. Mm. It must be just that that call from the mother was just heartbreaking. I mean, in fairness, I'm sure it's never easy for any president to meet the, the family of the dead. This particular circumstance seems so egregious. Uh, it, it's one thing like, all right, we had to storm that beach and this is what happened and I feel so bad about it, but it's in pursuit mm-hmm. of some greater purpose. This is like, uh, yeah, you know, I just, um, I thought the Taliban would secure it better than they did. Ugh. It's, yeah. Ugh. It's, it's really just, I, I, not that any family would be unjustified in having rage about this sort of thing. It just seems, it seems to me like the, the, fa- the rage of these families has to be all the uh, more severe given the circumstances of what happened here. These poor people. 
Cyclops 924, the Afghanistan pullout is so bad it has to be intentional. Not sure if it's an excuse for more forever wars. A CCP check for Hunter just cleared, very possible. Or if Biden is Q and is trying to reinstate 45. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. It's like everybody's talking about government incompetence, but nobody could possibly be this incompetent, right? Biden is Q. That's the next level. Like (laughs) Biden is trust the plan. Biden is the path to Trump's reinstatement. How bizarre. How bizarre. I, I'm open to any explanation for the world around us besides the one that you see on CNN. I know. Me and too. the rest of cable news or the mainstream print. So anything else conspiracy is, theories make way more sense. Than the fair game. I'm peering yeah. Into. yeah totally. Oh, what's this? Uh, Swag boy 420 XX has an interesting theory about how Afghanistan is working out. Probably much more reliable Maybe. than Brian Stelter. Yeah. I read uh, 4chan way more than I read uh, aggregate news. I thought 4chan was taken offline or killed or something. No, 8chan was. Oh, okay. Um, D. Beetle leader, Doug. Vote PPC, People's Party of Canada, if you're in Canada. Mm. PPC is the only party that will give Canadians back our freedom from globalism and limit immigration. You know, that might be your stance, but I think all Western countries are toast and we should just kind of accept what's coming to us. Are they going to roll back all this vaccine nonsense, Doug? Are they? Are they, Doug? Well, as I've been saying all along, you should still vote because it can't hurt. That's the best defense Why? I can give. It can't hurt. But it, it doesn't is- matter. They know how to fix an election now. It doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter. You I'm weren't still engaging gonna- in democracy. You weren't participating in our constitutional republics. Take a, take a stand by not voting. Well, but that that's an assured loss. But on the other side, is that how, a loss, how fortified how fortified is the election? Now, I agree that it's not sufficient, but I but I would say that because it is such a low ever effort baseline level of political participation, we still should. I just wouldn't expect that to be sufficient on its own. I don't know who I guess would. so. As long as you participate in the system, you can't bring down the system. Oh, I don't know that that's true. I mean, you you can certainly vote and be prepared for very bad outcomes at the same time burn all the ground oh hmm. that really hurt um robin d banks joe at dover afb uh sorry my or trump's incompetence resulted in your loved ones getting blasted and remain so small they fit into a sandwich bag no hard feelings though right <laughs> yeah what an asshole john a you were gonna say something no i was I, there's nothing more that i can say on all that that hasn't already been said you know it's uh so depressing yeah um, Afghanistan evac is proof our government cares more for our enemies than our citizens. That's definitely true. Yeah. I Even the enemies not, within. When you listen to Joe Biden's speech after the attack, he made so many references to the Taliban's self-interest. Yeah. We are counting on the Taliban's self-interest to fight ISIS. We are counting Who on the Taliban's self-interest to see um, to see uh, uh, our people evacuated through the airport. All of that. Now, I certainly think that Afghanistan is entitled to its own self-interest and to have that respected. But the idea that that is a security plan, insane. And what was particularly insulting was how many times was Taliban self-interest referenced, but American interest was not. American interest was hardly ever emphasized. We're just rely on other people's interest so long as it supposedly aligns with ours. Yeah. Even if it's the Taliban. Yeah. Good luck. Noah Harris going to send this sooner rather than later in case this hurricane knocks out Mississippi Coast power. Love the show, guys. Have a good evening. You have a good evening, too. You stay inside. Thank you. Or maybe you just brave it outside. That sounds really fun. Kind a of good fun. dance in the rain. Remember that yeah. guy? What hurricane was that? Uh, a couple of years guy? ago. 
Well, there was that there was that guy who was like shirtless with an American flag playing metal music, just like braving the storm. It was an awesome <laughs> clip, you know, true American right there. Yeah. Reckless, stupidly reckless. Uh, knuckle honky buck. I totally got a meeting for real. I'm not lying to you about this, even though they instructed me to lie to you about all of that other, you know, the thing. <laughs> what? I, I want to know what meeting, what, what meeting the was? hell meeting was this and why was it so important? Ramian, no note. Thank you, sir. Robin D. Banks, UCMC officer calls out superiors for being huge raging wusses. Uh. Um, immediately fired for not being a vag himself. There's no moral bankruptcy and corruption here that I know. I know, girl. I, or, I dude. I, I think you can. Yeah, I think you can understand why the policies against political outspokenness exist in the military yeah. and also recognize and respect someone who evaluates that cost and decides and, to pay that yeah. price and stands on principle. And that's what Knowingly that guy did. Knowingly violates it regardless of I have of respect for it. Cost. Yep. Yeah. Sarah Flesher, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. Is the start of something big and is the military leader we've all been praying for. He's throwing his whole career away to call out the inept leadership in our country and we need to stand by him right on, Sarah. Hmm. Right on. I agree. It's, if we can get him into office, then maybe I'll start participating in the political system again. It's a rare moment of honesty and sanity coming out of uh, military and political leadership recently. It doesn't yeah. happen very often. Mufisto, I had a friend legitimately try and argue with me that everything is Trump's fault because the Taliban can't be trusted to hold the original deal in the first place. I feel like he's missed the point of the matter. Finally got a taste of TDS. Well, Trump knew that. I think Trump was like, oh, I can trust the Taliban. Yeah, well, it, it, the, Trump's uh, agreement was also conditional. They were going to right. hold the Taliban to a set of conditions in order to uh, see this withdrawal through. So I don't know that it was... You know, I'm not an expert on the deal, but my understanding is it was not predicated on the same level of trust. It was you will mm -hmm. do this or we will not right. do the it things that you want us to yeah. do. Yeah. Whereas in this case, it's like, well, you guys have a self-interest to fight ISIS too, right? So we'll just rely on you. And also, could you please let our people in through the airport at your gate over there? I mean, come on. There's there's yeah. giving the Taliban a chance in a deal, which I think is probably what Trump did, um, versus counting on them to do something not just that they say they will but that is also in your interest and and is supposed to protect your people that's an insane yep. level of trust insane. which by the way they don't trust let's be very clear jen saki they don't trust the taliban mm -hmm. they just cooperate with them without trust yep. exactly in the year 2525 why isn't the media blaming biden for guiding the hurricane into the louisiana territory like they did with bush <laughs> It's a good question. Yeah, I forgot about that. They remember it was selected because of uh, how many minorities were in New Orleans or something. They right. aimed, global warming aimed it <laughs> right for them. Fataku, when you come to tyrannize the American people with your martial law, please fly, fly your gay flag so I know to shoot first defensively. <laughs> that it, it would be defensive. Fan fiction. Fan <laughs> fiction. Yeah. Knuckle hunky buck. Uh, Sergeant woke dyke. <laughs> Needs to learn <laughs> the soldier's creed and particularly the lines. I serve the people of the United States and I'm a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. Also her oath. Yeah. Who do these people serve? You serve the constitution. You serve the people. If you say your constitutional rights are out the window, something to that effect, I will contend you have betrayed your oath. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but maybe she would argue otherwise. She is a legal scholar of sorts. It seems oh, yeah, she's sure. read the insurrection act front to Robin back. Robin D. Banks. Diversity may make our military more effective. The next question is how much silicone implants and Vagisil does it take to win a war? Gross. Yeah. 
just how diverse is sufficiently diverse. diverse. I don't know how they did it with segregated military units back in World War II. How were they? How were the allies successful without diversity in either Europe or the Pacific? Who knows? Who knows? How'd they do it? Incredible. Um, Stogies and boomsticks. Uh, Can someone remind Sergeant woke bitch? I like all these uh, that her attitude (laughs) is the same as Britain had and the exact reverse happened to. Yeah. Found the country that allows her the ability to spew this bullshit. Yeah. He's saying she's basically a modern red coat. Like (laughs) you, uh, you peasant farmers think you can fight me with my superior weapons technology. Yeah. What's that? They fought you with their inferior weapons technology successfully. Imagine that. Right. Right. Uh, too brave that one Wendy Jensen to all Californians our state legislator has gutted a transportation bill and put in a vaccine mandate that will not allow the unvaxxed to enter any establishment oh my god except grocery stores and churches the vote is in one and a half weeks how outrageous what state California church and grocery store only I'd be fine with that well uh Okay. Um, again, just like New York City, September 13th is the enforcement deadline. I can't wait to see when they start enforcing this uh, in the um, convenience stores of the urban centers. Let's put it that way. Uh, sock puppet Joe Secession win. You can't talk about that, Joe. Muris Micmac. Yeah. The safety America provided for the West is gone. Now nobody is going to respect or fear America after this. China's number one. China number one. Hope you like bat soup. China is number one. Yeah. That's China true. has not heard how diverse our military is. That's true. Obviously, they as will As soon cower. as they just let black disabled people in their military, they'll know what it's like to be a true world force. Yes. Glow in the dark. 85% of deaths in Afghanistan were white evangelists for an ungrateful nation and people that deem and belittle constantly. Uh, yeah. Those damn white males. At it again. Yeah. Yeah. Better call Hall. Matt, can we get a tour of your office? I always imagine a water heater and boxes of stored Christmas decorations off to my right. Definitely in the basement. Love you guys. It is not in the basement. There actually is. is there is no basement to my house. I can tell you that. But I, I probably I, I don't want to do a lot of uh, touring stuff just for personal reasons. I just I I don't want people to know the layout of my home. to be honest with you. That's um, legit. I Other probably shouldn't have walked you around there my isn't house a, on that live stream that one day. <laughs> I'll tell you there isn't a basement. I feel comfortable saying that. <laughs> um, but as far as like the room I'm in, it's not. It's obviously not in a basement. It's just a small bedroom. That's right. it. Modified bedroom. Esoteric Unbound. Listen with great interest to the Daily Wire boys debating the pullout. A couple of them angered me with their hipster isolationist horseshit. Hmm. I heard it all back in the late 70s. If only we were as smart as the uh, patio salesmen, we wouldn't ever get bogged down in shitholes like Afghanistan. Such claims of insight are just a cover for the fact that they can't be bothered to give enough of a shit to pick a side. For all their other issues, Shapiro and Boring understood that abandoning our allies of nearly a generation is a betrayal. That we will pay for in the future. If Judas was an American, he certainly would be a Democrat here. Hmm. here. I heard that debate among their crew was pretty good because you had the kind of hawkish Shapiro and boring against the more. uh, This is my understanding of it. I didn't listen to all of it, but I guess Matt Walsh uh, was arguing the other side. People said it was a pretty good um, discussion or debate among the two sides of the issue. I don't know. Am I a hipster isolationist? You won't listen to Ben Shapiro. Get the hell out of here. There's an argument for that. If he gets smacked down, maybe I would. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Let's see. C says Chuck ain't wrong. Trump did help people see through the BS. He was successful and Chuck helped him the entire time. Chuck was probably more successful than Trump. I watched it live. It was great. Wait, what? Uh, Chuck, what am I missing here? What is he? Is he watching? Chuck, Chuck Todd has been more effective than Trump oh. because of his uh, media bias. I, I see. Oh, yes. That Chuck. Right. Leaf Sandiger. So maybe he's a part of the mob, a Godfather reference for leaving a gun in the bathroom. Also, why hasn't Blazing Saddles <laughs> been nominated? Um, we got our Mel Brooks movie in, but that's a great one. I bet I would like it because uh, Young Frankenstein was kind of a meh movie to me, but I bet Blazing Saddles yeah. would probably be more to my taste. Leaf Sandiger. So maybe oh, I just read that one. Incompetent Hands. Who else wants to turn the dinger nonsense on the Marshall Les nonsense? And go for pizza with Stuart. Let's make this happen soon. I'm in Florida, so I only have so long. Hey. Yeah. How do I? Uh, how do I buy? Black Stuart people do a hate beer? the gays. So that is a, that is a harsh reality that has come to be demonstrated in a few instances throughout history. Yeah. Uh, Cigar bro. Elio usually must render aid to the suspect after an incident when possible. I get why the Babbitt shooting is justified, but it could be handled better. Pepper spray, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, I don't know. I can't I can't see it that this is a justified shooting. I just he also in terms of his exaggerations, he also talked about uh, we heard reports of like chemical agents being dispersed. It was a guy with bear spray. And don't get me wrong. Bear bear spray spray to the face is going to incapacitate you pretty good. Chemical agents. Okay, come on. Um, And then he also said Agent Orange, you pussy. A guy got his fingertips blown off. We also said, and I looked it up and it's not totally without a basis, but what happened, I guess, is a guy must have got his finger crushed in a doorway or something like that. He lost a fingertip, one Capitol Police officer. And yeah, that's not good. You shouldn't injure Capitol Police officers so that their fingertips are lost. But he, he used the phrase blown off. Again, he made it sound like there was a bombing or they had released some kind of chemical weapon upon the Capitol when it was bear spray. And that's, remember, the most significant charges of the day. Two, were they Lebanese or Libyan? I always forget. Middle Eastern guys used bear spray in the general proximity yeah, of Capitol Brian Police. Sicknick, yeah, That's it. That's the worst crime of the day. Felony assault. Exactly. Boogeyman917 says gay. Shanique was stunning and brave. Matt and I once just cuddled as I was still sore from being abused by school students. However, Matt forced his whiteness on me, so we made love, but it was four or five days ago, so he's no longer gay. (laughs) That was four days ago, five days ago. Rocky Mountain Monk. 600,000 is the number of rifles uh, Biden left to the Taliban. That's That's right. Thank you for clarifying. um, there were so many numbers. It's it's billions of dollars of of military equipment. I, I, I put it in the intro, but we didn't have a chance to talk about it. Um, or I, I cut it for time, but the Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters. Got to be very careful. Black Hawk helicopters uh, than uh, most countries in the world. They have that like 30 of them. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, who's been farting, which is a hilarious <laughs> spelling. Everyone from California needs to register to vote so we can boot Governor Newsom's out. And Larry Elder into the governor's mansion in Sacramento. Wouldn't that be something? I can't believe, as we talked about briefly last week, I can't believe how viable this is looking. Then again, one, do you trust the polls? Number two, how fortified is the election in California? That's what you have to ask. Yeah. Um, I saw, uh, do you know who Col- uh, Colin Moriarty is? Uh-huh. He hasn't lived in California in two years. He was tweeting, I just received my California ballot in Virginia. Huh? I haven't lived there since 2019. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Oh, God. Well, it looks like we're caught up on Super Chat. If you don't mind, I am going to go vomit. Well, if the foot and mouth disease demands it. Um, I don't even know if that's what it is. We'll see tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we don't. We only have a, a few chats left on Tibby stream. So I oh, can, I'll stick around then. Okay. Cool. Um, Metal Man says war must be. Oh, wait, no, I read that one, right? That was the. Uh, yeah, that was the Tolkien quote. Mark Fields says. Oh, no, I read this one, too. Sorry, I. I lost uh, my place. Here we go. Phil Chuck Todd isn't so much as a traitor as he is acting. (laughs) Phil, come on. Uh, Chuck Todd. I actually didn't even know that. Um, Thank you, Phil. Chuck Chuck Todd is a very trustworthy, handsome man and very nice with great political takes. Everybody knows you should watch his show on Sundays. If it's me, if it's Sunday, it's meet the press with Chuck Todd. Thank you, Phil. I did have one more on YouTube whenever you're okay. Um, Kim real quick. Kim says when darkness and despair surround us, it is then that we need to recall and pursue what is good, pure, beautiful, and true. When we find that it will bring joy in spite of all else. And we will desire to cherish, proclaim and protect it. Well said you, you, you got to build those things around you in your life to have any hope among all the world's, uh, disappointment and evil and just terrible negativity which we've seen plenty of lately uh on trovo buster voodoo says when you are in a state of grace with god you will always win but that doesn't mean you necessarily get your way god determines what counts as a win in your life yeah other things to think about thank you uh bronx subscribing uh to support this or brox rather subscribing to support the show appreciate that and link to the future thank you for supporting let's see um yeah, over on uh, DLive, Stephen Sugar says Bird's defense is that someone said shots fired. I thought he said that it was over the radio, but maybe he said that someone just said it. I don't know. Either way, there, as far as I'm aware, the only shots fired at the Capitol that day were his. his was it shot. one shot into right. Ashley Babbitt or did he fire more? I actually don't know. I don't think anyone else fired a gun but him, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Nope. Um, the last one on YouTube is Holden Mulray. Hi, Truth Seekers. I agree that we still have to vote and participate. Check out how we got the word Bolshevik derived from majority. So who do you think is mm. really in charge right now? God yeah, I have no I idea. Do, I do believe it's the minority that's in charge. Oh, you mean in that, like just between the majority or the minority? I was thinking specific individuals who are governing Joe's meetings and giving him the list of instructed people he's instructed to call on. Who are those people? Yeah. Anyway, all right, you look like you you were about done, but we are I all made finished it. up. We chat. did it. I think. Let me double check. And, <laughs> I was pretty worried that uh, refresh I was like, on make it the show. Yeah, I, I know. A lot it's of yawning. Like you, you weren't feeling great, but uh, we did it. All right, cool. Uh, we are all set, so we will get out of here. Thank you guys, as always, for hanging out with us tonight and uh, keeping in touch with us with your lovely chats and jokes yep. and thoughts. We appreciate that. Of course, if you'd like uh, more to listen to. We have some extra interviews. We have the call-in show replay. We have all sorts of stuff over on the audio platforms of the show. If you need some extra listening material, it's linked in the description and on the website. Speaking of the website, if you want to buy some show merch or you want to get in touch with us or you want to read the movie reviews or you just want to find the content, the website is the place to do that. That's Matt Christensen Media. You can find everything show related there. And we will be back next Sunday with whatever happens between now and then. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great week. Bye-bye, guys.